Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Ben Shipley's going to break free. Across the 10, he's into the end zone for touchdown. 32 yards. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. May looking, comes it in the end zone, touchdown Carolina. Bryson Nesbitt. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Williams, and it's intercepted. Cam Smith read it so well. Cam Smith was all over that play. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. And Shipley's going to break free. Across the 10, he's into the end zone for a touchdown. 32 yards. Now here's David Smoke and Craig Smoke. All right, here we go. Sick of... 365.com, the umbrella of what we do every day. 365 Sports here on the YouTube channel. Garrett Ross, Graham Bronstein, Jack McKenzie 
and Emery Winter are full throttle with us today. Craig Smoke, I'm David Smoke, and we have much to get to. Our guest lineup, including Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle, Mark Daniels, voice of UCF, Mac Rhodes, Baylor's director of athletics, Craig's off the radar, Chris Level, who was going to be with us yesterday but lost his phone in like a glass of water, he's back with us today instead at 510, and John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist today. Also, Garrett, do you have the picture from Paula Fleck in the airplane? This is Paula Fleck, and she is as loyal, and we have a bunch of unbelievably loyal viewers and listeners on her way on a flight from the Southwest Airlines, I think she had mentioned somewhere on the East Coast, and listening to our show 37,000 feet up in the air. We appreciate Paula and her commitment to 365 Sports. Yeah, uh, no, it's not easy to get Wi-Fi up there, and uh, not just free, so uh, not sure what the connection was like, but we do appreciate you listening however you do, whenever you do. No, it sounds cliche. It's kind of a... The radio thing, uh, but we mean it. So, yeah, thank you very much. All right, so there's a lot to get to today, and I, I, we will, not right now, but we will when we have Chris Level on. We maybe get some feedback from you on your worst losing your cell phone or damaging it stories of all time. One of the stories today, uh, and really from yesterday, Pete Thamel from ESPN, and I did trade a voicemail with him and also a text message with him, but he had kind of an overview I don't know of anything within the story that was breaking news. I don't know of anything in the story that really had not been discussed at some point. It was almost, though, like a clockwork timeline, whatever you want to say, a couple of different things about how they want to remain in the Pac-12. They've made that comment. However, Thamel, sources telling ESPN Colorado's patience has waned, which prompted the in-person meeting back with the Big 12 in May, which is something that we mentioned to you even the week before that happened, he does mention the Pac-12 doesn't feel like they'll be blindsided if, in fact, Colorado happens to leave because they have San Diego State right there with a desirable market. Yeah, the exact quote on that particular part of it was, the Pac-12 won't be blindsided if Colorado does end up leaving. has been acknowledged around the league that the Buffaloes would be replaced by San Diego State, a quick solution that delivers a desirable market. Uh, I've long found the over the last few months, the hidden topic that gets talked about somewhat, but not nearly as much as all the other stuff, is what exactly is the Pac-12's plan for expansion? And I've brought this up numerous times here lately as far as the SMU piece because sometimes they get mentioned, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're they're mentioned and it's like, oh, yeah, they're a, a strong bet. Sometimes they're mentioned in passing, and sometimes you're like, does, does the Pac-12 have any – like, do they really have interest in, in SMU? Is like, is there – Is there going to be an invite? I think that's still very murky. San Diego State's a layup. I mean, from all indications, even if everything just stays as is, that seems like that's going to to happen sooner rather than later, and it it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, I like, though, that, you know, for all the discussion, and and he delves into, like, the whole rest of the landscape, too. It was a great piece just to kind of center everything again. Um, And so if you were somebody who's getting caught up or maybe you were out of pocket and – you're just not maybe as into it as other people, so you're not following every little wrinkle every day. This is a great piece to kind of put everything uh, all in one spot and let you know where, where it all stands right now. But as far as that, that pack line about, you know, it's been acknowledged around the league that the Buffaloes would be replaced. 
seems to indicate to me that there's at least some discussion that there's a possibility somebody could move. And well, that flies yeah. in the face of, well, there's absolutely nothing that could happen. And, you know, I understand, you know, drawing lines in the sand and all that, but uh, we've maintained now for a little while, uh, not, you know, months and months and months that it's, you know, all it's all in the works and everything, but uh, I don't know. I, I think that it's it's more than some people want to acknowledge, and 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 probably not as far along as others want to acknowledge. Right? It's it's still like everything else, somewhere in the middle. Yep. But that line to me, it's like if they're talking around the offices about what if Colorado leaves, well then the job's well done by Brett Yormark, uh, and you know just the the yeah because San Diego State was supposed to be an addition, right? Not a addition by subtraction. And then it became they could fill a spot, yeah. And then maybe SMU could fill. Uh, it became. Well, what if Colorado leaves and Arizona leaves, and then like, oh well, then we get San Diego State, and then maybe you go get SMU, and then you know when there was thoughts that it would be even more, it's like, well, Tulane could be in there, and you know there was that whole conversation about a month or two ago, uh, but the San Diego State thing feels like the one addition that you can like fully wrap your arms around. It's just a matter of uh, when, not if. And then, you know, I, I thought, again, it was interesting for him to say, like, yeah, there's people within the Pac-12 that are acknowledging the possibility. And uh, to me, that, you know, is not nothing. And I, and I just think that that, you know, needs to be uh, kind of uh, highlighted just briefly uh, because clearly there is that discussion within those walls to some extent. And uh, that's interesting. Well, there's other stories on the ACC, the Big Ten slash SEC, and much more. But that was last night. It is on ESPN.com, but it is a insider-type article uh, that is on ESPN+. Plus. Spencer Goff on Colorado. I honestly wanted Colorado back just mostly based off nostalgia, but that is over for me. I'm worn out. Go get San Diego State or UConn and or UConn, and let's move on. From a pack standpoint, I guess? Or no, is he, a Big 12 about nostalgia? A Big 12 standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I totally understand that sentiment. Um, I think that, you know, clearly they've got that, that circle around them that the Big 12 is – is enticed by what that addition would bring. Um, not for everybody. I've seen plenty of people that go like, why do they matter? Or why would that matter? And, you know, maybe it's the, the Denver market that you're, you, you, your the response is, or uh, the nostalgia factor, the fact they've been in the league before, what it would do as far as time zone, TV windows, and things like that. There's a lot of reasons why. Uh, but I definitely have seen um, some sentiment that, People don't really care that Colorado doesn't move the needle for them or they've got tired head over it, and therefore they don't really care what Colorado ends up doing. And that's kind of the the game you're playing too here, I think, of just everybody still you know, getting to a point where they need some things to break because it's become exhausting. Well, in fact, uh, this is from Scott of Greywater Watch. When this story, realignment and the TV deal – in the Pac-12 ends, I'm going to have the biggest sports gasm ever. Oh yeah, God. absolutely, Scott. We all will. Dude. I mean, I mean, I really might just take whatever's next to me and guzzle it. I don't know what it might be, or like just like slam my hand on a on a nail to make me feel. Oh, that felt better. Uh, it doesn't hurt because that finally story ended. Tell you for me, last night I was uh, on YouTube for a moment and was just looking at a video and next thing you know recommendation pops up and it was an interview with John Wilner um who again I've said I think I, do, I, I I've said I think he does a good job but it was from last year's Pac-12 media days and you could have fast forwarded that conversation and just replayed it like today and I think it would have sounded like it was in the present and it was from last year's media days it was talking about the threat of the Big 12 it was talking about 
George Klyovkov's, you know, responses. And I don't know, maybe that's one of the last times we heard from him. But, yeah, it's it's been a long time, and uh, that really – uh, really made me realize that last night. I was oh. like, oh, well, that's media. Oh, guess what? Media Days is like a month away. We're about to hit the one-year mark since he said those comments that have really not changed at all in the 11 months since then. Uh, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's and, been a drag. And the Big 12 has been through it. Believe me, they've had their moments of uncertainty, some slam, uh, blindsided stories, the one with from Nebraska, Colorado, which I think kind of slowly – kind of gained some steam and then of course the one a&m and and uh in missouri which was right after they had we're all in it together whatever it was the slogan um in the big 12 at the media days up i think at the omni even in uh, dallas and then of course texas ou so they have been blindsided and uh had to react many many times over the years all right now story yesterday evening baylor defensive back a.j mccarty really talented young player Entered the transfer portal. A tweet that he did at 7.42, A.J. McCarty said that he's looking forward to a a different place. Love this time at Baylor, but he's entering the transfer portal. At 7.49, A.J. McCarty mentioned that he had an offer from Texas Tech. At about 7.49.1, there was a lot of, whoa, how can that be possible? I did a little due diligence on this. Craig, I know you and also Grayson had your Bearcast today, which is available now up online, Um, but I don't think this was Texas Tech jumping in before A.J. McCarty made his decision. The staff there, including Joey McGuire, uh, Josh Bookbinder, uh, uh, Blanchard, uh, they all know him. They didn't have to do any due diligence. They know of him. Uh, I don't know if A.J. McCarty has ever been any known as a bad character or a bad kid. Uh, he he had times where he had to grow up and mature, maybe did some things he shouldn't have done. I'm not talking about legally, but uh, I, I he whatever his future was, he enters the portal. He's going to visit Texas Tech. That, to me, when I first saw it, though, Craig, I said seven minutes later, this doesn't look right I then did some due diligence, and I feel like everything here, because they know him, they did not have to go and look around of who the player might be had it been a kid. In fact, let's say at Missouri wanted to offer him, you would think that they would have had to take some time to kind of figure him out. Yeah, um, sure. Um, yeah, good for him. Uh, I you know, think Baylor made the decision they made and moved on, and you know he uh, has now – the free reign to to go, you know, where uh, where he's wanted. And uh, Texas Tech made that known pretty quickly. And as you said, I think he's already got a visit set up. So that just seems like it's, it's going to be one plus one equals two. Uh, Texas State offered as well. So that's two opponents on Baylor's schedule next year that have offered him. So, um, you know, perhaps others join the fray. Maybe not. Maybe he's decided by, you know, the end of the week and, and there's no need for any new offers. Uh, but because of declaring uh himself a you know transfer after the portal deadline i mean barring some waiver he won't be available to play next year i'm not sure how that'll work out but good luck to him um and you know hope he finds a spot where uh he's um you know able to uh, make out a nice career for himself all right so there's the aj mccarty news i also when kind of looking into it i was told by somebody within baylor athletics that they're young players their young players on defense are some dogs. Like, and a couple of them are transfers that have come in. The linebacker um, from LSU who's been around now for another year. Uh, the kid from Liberty, Smith, 
among some others uh, that have transferred in. Then, of course, Utah State, those are some older players. But the younger players, the younger defensive players, whether they've been rated highly or not, what they have compiled there is perhaps a lot more than I thought. Now we'll go see what they do during the 2023 football season. It sounds good, um, but, you know, we need to see it, obviously, and that's, you know, encouraging because there's not really a lot known about this team right now. They don't have really what you would consider stars at the moment. I know there's been a lot of discussion over on the board about me making those comments and just that conversation uh, in general of star power and what it is and how much do you need and those types of things. And I think, you know, Grayson brought up a good point earlier today of, well, part of the reason why you may not feel like they have star power is because maybe those guys that are going to be their stars are some of the 10-plus guys that yep. came in this offseason. And, and you're right, that's that's possible, and that's the hope, uh, obviously, that you want Keytron Jackson or Dominic Richardson or any other number of players that have joined the fold, Mike Smith from Liberty, uh, to be your stars. But, uh, yeah, they, they don't have a lot of that that star power at the moment on paper, but if it's building up behind the walls and we just aren't available to see it just yet, then that's great news. And that's something for, for Baylor fans to, to definitely uh, be excited about. And, and I would imagine love hearing. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that we get to see some of that this season because they could use a little bit of a youth influx of that next wave of guys coming because right now it's not apparent who that's going to be. Uh, you're getting down to the end of the careers of guys like TJ Franklin and Garmin Randolph and and those types of players and beyond that it's a lot of I don't know I don't know who who these guys are going to be or how good they are just yet because we really haven't seen them much so yeah that's encouraging all right uh, from Chris super chat five dollars thank you I saw ESPN had five big 12 teams in the preseason top 25 with Baylor at 23 how confident are you that Baylor can can contend for a big 12 title I don't think you're talking basketball so I know this happens to be football I don't see Baylor at least for now no matter what I was just said or were told, I do not see them as a, a preseason top 25 team. We will know who they are in week two when they host a hellacious school, Utah, that's won two back-to-back big uh, Pac-12 titles. Then, even if they lose that game, we might know more about them as a better team. But I don't know who they are, and I, don't not, I would not have them among my top 25, at least as of now. Also, Let's correct that. In 2021, I sure as heck didn't have them going 12-2, and two, and I was wrong, big time wrong, but they did have some, as Craig mentioned, they had some dudes coming back, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They made the change at running back with Abram Smith, and they were much better than I ever thought they could be. I think that they can certainly contend for a Big 12 title. I think that it's a situation right now where I would not put them as probably a top four to do that. So I guess let me explain. I wouldn't feel confident in betting on them right now, but it's entirely possible they could be far better than we imagine because, again, there's just a lot of questions. Like, there's a lot of questions about them uh, from who, you know, some of their biggest playmakers are, but it's such a quiet program with a Rand at the helm that they could be jazzed up, juiced to the gills with, you know, energy and explosiveness and all that, and we'd have faint, you know, the faintest of ideas uh, in some cases. So... Um, it feels like things are going in the right direction. It appears that they are, but on paper, there's just not enough substance there right now to be confident and go like, yeah, they're going to contend for a Big 12 title. But would I put it past Dave Aranda? Absolutely not. Um, or this, you know, the coaching staff in general? Absolutely not. I think that they could they can do some uh, good stuff this year, but I just wouldn't feel great about that right now. And 
Uh, as far as top 25 preseason, I wouldn't have them in there at the moment. But you could have them in there as soon as week two. Because if they you know, win their opener like they should against Texas State, although that's still – I'm not worried about them losing that game, but I am very interested by what Texas State's going to look like with G.J. Kinney and all of the transfer additions and just the, the work they've done this offseason. Um, because that's going to be a, you know, an exciting offense, uh, at least the way it's orchestrated. And – you know, Baylor's got a lot of questions, so that might be one that, like, at least the first half, you're like, golly, like, we got to separate ourselves here. But they should win that game, and then week two is Utah at home. And if they win that game, you would think that that probably would put them, you know, somewhere in that, that bottom half of the top 25. So, yeah, entirely possible. I just wouldn't feel great about it right this very moment. Big Lubbock is being labeled a dog a good label or a bad one. For me, it's not DOG who are lovable animals. Uh, nothing more better or better than Oreo. But to me, dog is a D-A-W-G, like Georgia, of course, or the Bulldogs. But dog to me means you are, you're a hell of a player. I think that's what it means, whether it's your personality, your edge, your talent, or a combination of all of that. That's what, when I use the term dog, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, I think anybody who's uh, hearing that term in that, that way, that's exactly what it's referring to. And that's really it. Uh, yeah, they got a bunch of dogs over on that sideline. That's a compliment. Um, they got a bunch of dogs over on that defense. That's That means you got a pretty good defense. So, yeah, that's pretty simple. We will have Joseph Duarte at 325 on the Kelvin Sampson contract, plus more on Houston football and athletics. So last night I am watching the Rangers play like they have been playing the last six or eight years, uh, a cutoff that was not picked cleanly, led to a run, a wild pitch that led to a run or a pass ball. And, and so then I turned it over to watch Stanford and Texas, and it was 6-3 to three Stanford last I looked, and Texas came back with three in the eighth. They go to extra innings, uh, two outs. It appeared as if Stanford thought they'd hit a game-winning home run, a line drive that hit at the bottom, the base of the wall. That was kind of bizarre. Uh, the runner got the second. Um, Rios, I think his name was. And then Garrett, Craig, we all, I guess, were watching this. Mm-hmm. A high fly, routine fly ball, very high in the sky, caught up in what was a dusk-type sky and the lights, and lands about 25 feet in front of the right fielder and 40, 50 feet away from the center fielder. And Stanford wins the game, heads to the College World Series, uh, and also with that, clinch the Director's Cup because of that win and what it means Texas cannot accomplish. But... Uh, what a weird ending. Like, it happened, A&M had one lost in the lights. Texas had one lost in the lights. I, 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 I didn't I, – that was not the script that I would have thought we would have seen as an end of the game. No, it was pretty brutal. I mean, we, the only person who really saw it was the second baseman, and it, it, the right fielder had just made that great throw yep. to, to gun the guy out, and I felt really bad for Texas in that one. That was a brutal loss. I mean, that's an absolutely awful way to lose a baseball game or a game of any kind. Um, you know, that happens there in Palo Alto, apparently. A&M can attest to it. Um, it's a bit of, you know, brutal reversal that, you know, probably a few days ago fans on one side are having fun with that. And little do they know that in a few days' time that's going to be their very end of their season. It's going to be, a, a you know, a dropped uh, fly ball or a pop-up, I should say. And it's just uh, great uh, emotion, great uh, excitement there for the Cardinal at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, great just ending if you're looking for a crazy finish and just a wild thing to watch as a you know partial impartial observer uh but for texas fans absolutely disgusting way to lose a baseball game and not really anybody's fault i mean i'm sure you could say like 
the second baseman should have directed more or, you know, you can, I'm sure you can find something they could have done slightly differently to have a better opportunity to catch that ball. But that's also just something that's commonplace at that park, you know, with that, that type of sky and just the timing was brutal. Um, and yep. it ended their season, unfortunately. So yeah, that was, that was disgusting to watch from one point of view. And then you flip it over to the other side and what a weird way to win a game and just totally abrupt and, uh, you know, yep. next, Stanford goes. Oh, there's a there's a fly ball. Oh, great! And the next thing They're you know, you're celebrating. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and it was it's uh, the by the directors' cup. Stanford clinched it. It was tight. They won 26 of 29. The last two, of course, have gone to UT in the end of the 2021, 21, 22 years. Uh, it's incredibly competitive. But Stanford clinches clinches their uh, 26 out of 29 years. The Directors Cup is the best overall athletic department. Uh, when back when they used to be the Sears Trophy, I remember hearing about it, reading about it in Sports Illustrated, or even on early rivals message boards, and there being a lot of talk about it. Sort of, kind of. At least I was aware of it, and I didn't remember hearing about it really for a long time. And then all of a sudden, started hearing about it again, even though it's been renamed like the last couple of years because Texas has won it. And I wondered why that was. And part of it's just life. Like, I just didn't pay as much attention to it or come across it as much. But I wondered sort of why that was. And life for one. But two, because Sanford just won it every year, so nobody talked about it or cared about it as much. It was boring. It, yeah, I mean, they like, won like 15 or however many straight it was. And so that's why I didn't hear about it very often. It was because it was just Stanford every single year for over a decade. And that's that's the biggest reason why. But then Texas wins it and shakes up the hierarchy for a couple of years after, you know, being in that mix along with Florida and, you know, some usual suspects, North Carolina, schools like that. And, you know, them winning it kind of brought some new attention to it, I think. But, yeah, now the Cardinal are, are back on top as a result of that one result uh, last night. And we had kind of talked about that, of where where did that sit, yep. the Director's Cup, and the fact that those two were playing each other. So congrats to the Cardinal. Wild way to win a baseball game. And, and now a trip to Omaha. So TCU will be the lone Big 12 team out there playing for a – title and you know fitting given the way that their year is gone north carolina won the first director's cup or sears trophy stanford won 25 straight then texas two and now stanford i, Epe I, Ude, uh, go I gotta ahead. mention one note about the dog thing got that dog in him that meme maybe you haven't seen that meme uh the yep. like x-ray and it's got the, the dog in the chest area got that dog in him that's a that's another way to refer to what we were talking about a moment former ago former baylor star epe udo is joining uh the staff at the atlanta hawks uh, congratulations, Epi, a great guy, played with Baylor, helped them become a little bit better, faster than people thought they would be, won a EuroLeague championship. Remember, we had him on like that next morning in 17, and now a part of the Atlanta Hawks coaching staff. When we come back, Joseph Duarte on Houston, Mark Daniels on UCF, Mac Rhodes at 420, and much more. And this is 365 Sports. Earlier today, went and ran a couple of different errands, and one of those was to go by Don's Humidor and Coffee Beans in the Town West Shopping Center in between Richland Drive and also Valley Mills. Went in there to pick up cigars to have for this weekend, Father's Day weekend, and also for the rounds of golf that I hope to be able to play on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, weather permitting. And I walked in, and Cheyenne knew exactly what cigars that I would be looking for. Walked in the humidor, 48-foot walk-in humidor, and we started just picking out. Two of these, two of these, four of these, two of these, and she was fantastic. 
fantastic. They also have Vita Dreams. I've told you about that. They are gummy CBD product that if you take one, nibble on half of one, what you kind of learn what you like or what your body and how it reacts to Vita Dreams and the CBD product that allows you to get a restful night's sleep and even better to fall asleep perhaps just a little bit quicker than you normally do if you toss and turn or maybe a lot is on your mind. And then also on top of that, they have what you need when it comes to accessories, humidors to put the cigars in, cutters for the cigars, punch for the cigars, and even torch lighters. Cheyenne, Ashley, and Carol, Don's Humidor and Coffee Beans off Richland Drive in Valley Mills in Waco. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. It's Ram season at Allen Samuels in Waco, and the deals couldn't be any hotter. Shop the greatest selection of new inventory in Central Texas and save big on Ram trucks. Now offering 10% off MSRP on a new 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab or get 2.9% for 72 months. The choice is yours, plus an extra $500 bonus cash to first responders. Allen Samuels in Waco is the place to shop Ram trucks. Visit today or browse online at allensamuelsdcj.com. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental. Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who, as children, had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old, and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma, and they have to come here. They're used to lights. They're used to water in their mouth. They're used to experience. They already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight-year-old that's never been to the dentist, and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers everybody the way I'd want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more. Stonewood-Dental.com. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Let 
Neil Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch, or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, warm. Welcome home. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. Joseph Duarte yesterday with the story. Calvin Sampson's new contract. He has earned it, no question, among the top paid college basketball coaches in America. And, of course, we're around the corner from Houston officially on July 1st, walking through the front door and officially being a part of the Big 12. And there's football season ticket news and always more. Joseph, thanks for your time. Craig Smoke, David Smoke here on 365 Sports. So uh, was I, I, this is not the sound as if they would not pay him anyway because he was already getting paid a chunk. But does it help with the incoming infusion of money in the Big 12 to maybe do a few more things now than Houston was able to do anyway? Uh, yeah, but, you know, in regards to to the most successful coach that they've got on campus, I, I think if they had to, they would have started looking in uh, under the uh, the couch and the, the seat <laughs> cushions to find whatever loose change they could. But, but you're right. Uh, the previous contract that he got in 2019 – that was uh, after their their Sweet 16 appearance, the first of the, the first four in a row that they've had, uh, and also Arkansas was, was knocking at the door, trying to lure him to Fayetteville. So uh, they they knew that as he as he's the program's gotten better and, and really elevated to, to to a national title contender every year that they wanted to keep him in line with the top you know 10 15 in the in the nation. And he had fallen off of that based off of the 2019 uh, contract. So it was it was as much as trying to get him back where uh, they admittedly feel he belongs and should be. And you know he's creeping up on that five million a year uh, range, which there which there there are only a, a handful of those guys uh, currently in in college basketball. So they uh, they just wanted to get this set up. Plus, it had a lot more to do with uh, the future of the program and how they handled the succession plan with Kellen Sampson. Well, Joseph, speaking of the, the future, not so much hoops related, but just in general, uh, Big 12, uh, becoming a member, as, as Smokey pointed out, that's uh, here on the horizon in the next couple of weeks officially. And it does feel like we started to sort of turn that corner, start looking forward to football season, and it's it's coming up. So uh, I know there's 
Then this uh, season ticket, uh, you know, madness as far as 6,000 new season tickets, passing 23,500 season tickets. That tells me there's a bit of a buzz uh, generated right now, but how would you describe kind of this this buildup to Big 12 play for the Cougars? Well, it's, you know, it, this is probably uh, as big a buildup as they've had since they were coming off of that uh, Peach Bowl, New Year's Six Bowl season in uh, 2015. So the 2016 season with Tom Herman they got a really big push in the in the season tickets but they you know they they haven't been in this position ever uh since since the breakup of the Southwest Conference that with the ability to to generate this kind of buzz and you know it's a 40,000 seat stadium you look at some of the other numbers that are thrown out there and a lot of places have higher season ticket numbers but for Houston this this is a a big step in the right direction they were targeting about 25,000 for uh, the first season. So they're, they're close on it and they, uh, they want to get this place, uh, TDC stadium uh, field uh, for their first season. You know, they haven't had a sellout in this place since uh, the end of the 2016 season when uh, Lamar Jackson played here uh, with Louisville. So it's been a long time coming, but you know, there is a buzz. And as you see the different schedules starting to come out, uh, and whether it's playing Kansas and Mexico or, you know, hosting TCU in that opener or going to Waco for Baylor, you know, there's there's just a lot of momentum that, that Houston fans are starting to to appreciate being back in a conference where they'll have some, some regional rivalries again and, and should mean uh, packed crowds. You know, you've covered Houston, the city, for a long time, and obviously what you've done at the Chronicle and more. Is this something that uh, has a buzz like you've not seen at the University of Houston in maybe since the run-and-shoot years, or has that not given them enough credit? Well, I'm, I'm not old enough to go back to quite the, the run-and-shoot. <laughs> I, was, I, was I was around, but uh, not, not here yet. But, but I, I can tell you, though, that, yeah, the – you know, I mean, let, let, let's I guess put it in context. This is a pro city, and anything that you get beyond the Astros and, and Rockets and Texans it, it can be crumbs at times. You get, you get the leftovers. And it's it's been a tough haul for Houston, the University of Houston, to, to sort of carve a, a niche. And, and they have done that with the basketball program, certainly. And at times, it's been off and on with football. But it hasn't been a consistent, uh, you know, momentum grab for, for that program. So the fact that the big once the Big 12 was announced two years ago, you, you just saw maybe – Things that that hadn't been present in the last couple of decades start to come back. You're getting more interest in donors and fundraising. Uh, and Houston set themselves up for this. They about eight or nine years ago they started investing in facilities. You know, I like the line that the AD used one time. He said, "Look, we had to fake it till we made it," and that's sort of what they did. They they spent about 250 million plus on on facilities. Actually, probably more than that. Uh, a lot more than that, and then they were paying coaches. So uh, it's all added up to this buzz, and I, and I think people are just ready now. I mean, they, no offense to the American Athletic Conference, but when you play some of the just no-ties-type teams like East Carolina and UConn and uh, places like that over the last 10 years, you're, you're ready to play TCU and Baylor and Texas Tech. And for one season, you're definitely ready – to play the Texas Longhorns if you're a Houston fan. What do you mean? UConn's coming, apparently. Yeah. There's, there's... <laughs> oh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, uh, in all seriousness, um, 
Oh gosh, I just lost. Oh, the bas- uh, the the Mexico uh, Mexico situation there. I know there's still a lot of details to be ironed out on on what all the Big Twelve is going to have as far as Big Twelve Mexico goes. But there was the announcement involving Houston. What are your thoughts on a little in- international flavor uh, down south of the border? Well, uh, it made sense from the beginning, even before they announced the teams. They had to have had at least one Texas school uh, part of that. And, you know, you look at the, the options, uh, Houston's uh, the biggest market now in the Big 12 and, and, and in the state and the closest to, to the border. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, they were they were a really good pick. Uh, you could have gone with Baylor to that Baylor-Kansas game would have been would have been a great one, too. But they had to do something that that offered some type of regional, uh, you know, an offering uh, for, for that game. Uh, I, I know that from a standpoint of, you know, there's some logistics that year. Uh, it'll be a non-conference game, so it'll be, the I believe, it's the 2024-25 season. Uh, and then the teams will play a, a regular season uh, conference game in Lawrence. So there was some, some concern at Houston about who would have to give up a home game, but it ended up being a season where they were going to just play once in the regular season. This year they'll play a home-and-home. Home. So there's some things to get through. Uh, with that, I like the idea also of a bowl game being played there for football, and that would be in Monterey. Uh, and I believe that's also uh, at the end of the 2026 season. So uh, Brett Yormark's wanted to expand the thing nationally. Now he's going internationally, and, you know, why why not? I mean, nobody's really tapped into the, uh, the Mexican market down there. And, you know, if the Big 12 feels that they could get some eyes on the conference uh, from there, you know, w- why not try it? If it works, great. If it re- creates revenue, better. And if it doesn't, well, then you gave it a shot. Do do any of the rumors or does any of the speculation about what else might be happening with the Big 12 outside of what you mentioned as far as possible additions down the road or what's happening with the Pac-12, does any of that register in Houston and or does it take away anything of July 1st when everything becomes official? No, I, I don't think so because one, the the four teams coming in, uh, I guess when you when you look at how this is all played out, those four teams can say, "Hey, look, we were, you know, we were the the next grab of teams, and, and we got in, and you know, they're basing it on on their merits and so forth." I, and I don't see uh, any talk of you know, does it dilute the conference? Because you know, if you can add an Arizona, especially for basketball. Uh, that's a big deal. If you get a Gonzaga or a UConn for basketball, that makes the best big, big makes the best basketball conference even even stronger. And you, you know, you haven't really seen, you know, I guess you throw Colorado in there as well. You haven't seen a lot of, of schools that you would just shake your head and say, "Look, this this is a desperation move." You know, this isn't a a uh, you know, if you're going to be one of those four new schools, well, why are they adding these afterwards? So I don't get that feel. You know, it, it, it was kind of interesting how the Memphis story played out recently and whether they were, you know, Big 12 was on campus, whether they weren't, who, who's interested in who. Uh, but from the standpoint of Houston going in, uh, they're not going to let anything after 20-something years uh, get in the way of uh, how they feel about just being a part, finally, uh, of a Power 5 conference. So I think, you know, this thing is going to still play its way out are we going to 16 teams at some point you know they they those four schools should at least be happy right now that they're in the club they're not it's not a matter of of 
still having to add them. They're they're in, and it'll be official in two weeks. Joseph, uh, as far as you know, Houston being one of the three American schools that are coming over. Of those three, if you could rank, um, I guess we need to start off for just just football because that's what's coming up next. But uh, how do you kind of see those three in terms of, of the way that they're coming in, the shape that they're coming in? Who do you expect to, to maybe have the, the better time in year number one? Who do you think, it, and it might be all three, I don't know, but who do you think might struggle uh, the most amongst those three, just the way they're shaped right now? I know they're not part of it. I think, well, BYU, I think, is in best, as far as being independent, they're mm-hmm. in the best shape. But as far as the three, American, I probably would go Central Florida, then Cincinnati, then Houston, uh, based on on on-field product. I, I think Houston's got some answers that they, the questions that they need answered. And I would maybe put them 2A and 2B with Cincinnati, but I think since Central Florida is uh, in best shape out of, out of the three. Joseph, football. yeah, sorry about that. It, uh, is that what? That, you, thank you very much. I can't wait to see you in Arlington with Big Twelve Media Days. Appreciate your time, Craig. Anything else for Joseph? Joseph, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Joseph it. Duarte, Houston Chronicle, with us on Houston Athletics. What, did you have another question? No. <laughs> All right. When we come back, Mark Daniels, UCF, the voice of UCF Athletics. He's next. This is Three Sixty Five Sports. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do, and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon wrap fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. 
There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. It was broad daylight. I stepped into a gas station for five minutes to grab a snack, and just like that, my car was broken into. They made out like a bandit. My laptop, my phone, everything. I called my agent to see what could be done, and he restored my faith in humanity. My claim was processed so quickly, and I was able to recover my losses. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money, and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe. Here we go, 365 Sports. We have become, it's almost like at least once a month, it feels like that, and we'd like to do that with Mark Daniels' voice of UCF Athletics. He joins us, Craig Smoke, David Smoke, on 365 Sports. So I saw, I went to your latest Twitter feed, timeline, boom, Boom and boom from Gus Malzahn. I would think that means recruiting. These day and age, uh, you can kind of put two and two together and sometimes get five. But, yeah, um, uh, (laughs) you know, it's that time of year, guys, in this uh, uh, recruiting cycle, you know, whatever we have right now with uh, big recruiting weekends and visits and things like that and how coaches and players work the social media game. But, you know, based on what players have gone on and said on social media, it's been a you know good couple of days for UCF. You know, nothing's official. If you guys know, mm-hmm. now the second stage of recruiting begins. You get players that sometimes commit, and now you've got the work to do to, you know, keep them happy for the next five to six months. And, um, you know, that's part of this challenging recruiting cycle. But I think what, you know, Gus has had is a really good start uh, to, to building a, a tremendous class. He comes off of having the best class in UCF history, recruiting a different caliber of player. Um, he's had a couple of really big weekends of getting some of the nation's best players in, not just in Florida, but outside the state. And is selling a vision that he's got for UCF. And, uh, you know, it seems to be appealing to a number of players that uh, have decided they don't want to wait and, 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 and want to declare themselves knights. Marco, we were just talking to Joseph Duarte, who covers Houston, about just a little bit of the buzz that's building up with them right now. And I know we've asked you previously, like, what's the mood like? What's the environment like? Well, now here we are, and, like, Media Days is a month away. And and UCF's going to be there as a full representative uh, with, you know, players and uh, Coach Malzahn in tow and all of that. So what does it kind of feel like knowing that there's still a little bit of a, a wait left? Is is there a spike in season tickets? Is there, you know, a different level of anticipation? Or does it kind of seem business as usual uh, for the uh, Knights right now? Well, there's no question level of excitement as far as spike in season tickets. UCF sold its stadium out last year. 
So that's not going to change for the upcoming season. We're just about sold out. Maybe I, I, literally a couple dozen tickets left. Um, the one thing that's a significant change, and it's a compliment, and, and we do that in the Big 12, is now all of the visiting team seats are going to be sold. In the past, in the American, we just didn't sell many tickets to visiting teams. That's not the case uh, with our Big 12 schedule. But our stadium you know, was sold out last year. It'll be sold out this year. But there is a, you know, there is a different level of excitement. At UCF, we're doing some things to kind of help count down towards the season, a few different features online and through our social media content and just the other buzz. And, you know, guys, now when UCF uh, fans look up in preseason magazines or check online, it's a, you know, it's a different vibe because of who you're compared with. And, I mean, I even commented today on my show, you know, filling out a preseason ballot as well as uh, all conference teams. It's new for me, you know, from the standpoint of learning different players in what is now UCF's league. So I think all those things have added to the layer of excitement for UCF, and you can kind of sense it. It's uh, As you guys said, it's that mid-June, that little bit of uh, a vibe as we head towards July and, 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 and media days. But uh, there's no question that you can feel it, it, it's just different. Um, you know, the fact that you're in a new league and, and, and new opponents and different expectations and how you stack up, it, it, it's just different than it's been the last several years in a different league. Mark, do you see or have you reflected back on how they got to this point? Is that is that something that is a part of the countdown to July the 1st, or at least since the fall of 21 when all this became, well, you're going to be a part of the – UCF was going to be a part of the Big 12 in a Power 5 conference? Yeah, we just um, – uh, uh, on Friday, and, uh, uh, I wrote a column that's one of 12 for 12 pieces that we're doing as a countdown. And it, uh, my piece and, and our content team did an amazing job. Uh, I, I just wrote the column, but it was about what the on-campus stadium has meant to UCF. And so a lot of those things you're pointing to, what are some of the key moments um, about it? And I do think that when UCF opened its stadium in 2007, and the only school to open both the football stadium and basketball arena in the same year, it was a game changer. A game changer because it gave UCF fans a true on-campus game day experience. It brought people on campus that had not been coming to campus. It connected alums and friends and family that today still sit by each other, you know, 16 years uh, later. Um, it, it brought in big-time opponents and gave UCF a unique home field advantage that's different. And as we often say, we may not be a, uh, the biggest stadium and have the same bells and whistles, but we've created a personality and it kind of is who we are. Um, but, you know, you point back, and, and guys, we've talked about it before. No one can deny that, that you know, the, the, the back-to-back undefeated seasons in 2017 and 18 played a significant role. I said the 41 wins over four seasons of 2017, 18, 19, and 20 were significant because the timing worked. You know, UCF was on the radar the last time the Big 12 had talked about expansion. The conference chose to not expand. And, you know, we've not denied it. The minute that Oklahoma and Texas made a move and the Big 12 decided to go and expand deeper in conversations and, and do it, UCF's body of work was better than it was the first time and, and, and laid the foundation, I think, for what became um, where we are today. But I think UCF fans look back and, 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 and they know the value of what 2017 and 18 was and to uh, create a brand and be a little bit different. You know, we're going into a league. We're still the young, we're the youngest school um, in uh, uh, of the Big 12. We're the youngest Power 5 school in the country. So we're a little bit different. You know, schools have 150, 200 years head start in different traditions. We've created our own traditions, and we're able to do a few things different. I've said this about Gus Malzahn. Gus has come to UCF and has embraced the benefit of social media, where he's able to do things that he didn't have to do at Auburn because of the decades of traditions that they had here. So that's what makes UCF unique, and that makes it a little bit different level of excitement for where they're going. 
I don't know why I pulled this up, Mark, but talking about just the, the difference in history, the first bowl game, 2005, correct? Is that Dante Culpepper? Yes, the Hawaii Bowl. Yes, but then. No, no, no. 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 He's well, no okay. 2005 yeah. was Kevin Smith was there um, and uh, played a great bowl game against uh, Nevada, lost and missed extra points. But then a few years later, a win over Georgia, which you look back on that now, is pretty incredible. The Baylor win followed that a couple years later. Uh, Auburn a few years after that. So, yeah, I mean, 2005 to play your first bowl game, I think that kind of puts it in, in perspective for people of just how youthful this program is compared to, well, basically everybody that they, they come across. Yeah, I mean, I'm going into my 29th year, and that's a, a, a long time. But you talk about the infancy of the football program. When I started in 1995, UCF was still a 1AA program. And, guys, I mean, you know how this business works. To be less than 30 years to make the jump of 1AA, independent, member of the MAC, CUSA, about an hour and a half in the Big East that then became the American, <laughs> and now, you know, a decade later to get into the Big 12, it is a meteoric rise just because of the challenges that have existed in, in, in college sports for programs that have yearned to move up. As we've talked before, you can't, you can't pay your way up. And for the most part, you weren't able to win your way up. UCF was in the right place at the right time where their success on the football field put them in a position uh, to do that. But the journey of where the program was, and you know, guys, you go back to the, 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 the first Fiesta Bowl for UCF that went over Baylor. You know, that year, UCF won its bowl appeal. They were originally banned from playing in a bowl game mm. for NCAA violations. UCF originally was not going to appeal, but George O'Leary went to then-university president John Hinton and said, it's worth it. We owe it to these kids. Everybody said, you're never going to win against the NCAA. You don't win bowl bands. And they challenged it. And they won. And I don't know where we are today. UCF still may be in the same place. But if they don't win that bowl appeal that year then there is no fiesta bowl first one over baylor and and for ucf it was such a significant win because a national stage to win in a bowl game like that that it helped develop the brand back then then a different level after the 2017 season but as people point say 17 the undefeated year was so important i would tell people it was but so was winning the bowl band in the only year that UCF had a chance in the then BCS to get that bowl bid. And that year, they won at Penn State. They beat Teddy Bridgewater in a top-10 game against Louisville and then won the conference outright and then went to uh, the Fiesta Bowl and beat Baylor. You know, and I'll never forget that Fiesta Bowl because Baylor had just won their conference title. They were rolling. Mm -hmm. That was during a stretch. And they walk into that game in Bortles and UCF. And I remember looking at the athletes. They were really good. Uh, I yeah. mean, yeah, that was that was impressive. They they st they pretty much dictated that from start to finish. Uh, from that that moment, I remember covering that game at the Fiesta Bowl. So when you look at UCF quarterback with Plumlee coming back and the, the tremendous athlete that he is, obviously seems to have great leadership skills. Could you have wanted anything better with him coming in this year with the Big Twelve and him at quarterback? Well, I, I'm a big John Rice Plumley fan. I think he's going to be better for just some basic reasons. It's another year playing the position. I don't think people understood that you play it, you play it the way that he played at high school and when he got to Old Miss, and they moved him to wide receiver, and and you don't just flip the switch a couple of years later. You get back to playing quarterback, and then even though UCF utilized his running ability, he was asked to throw the ball far more than when he was Old Miss before Lane Kiffin got there. And then he got dinged up, uh, you know, a couple times last year. 
And even though he was busy playing baseball, I think that he has really taken to a new offensive coordinator, Darren Henshaw. Um, they've clicked, and I think you're going to see a much better quarterback. And he didn't have a bad year at all last season, a good year. But I think a healthier guy, more experience playing the position, a true offseason of working with receivers, and I think he's going to be even better. They will continue to use him as a run threat, but I think you're going to see a more efficient passer with a few tweaks to the offense that UCF has. And you guys know this. A quarterback is just so good, he'll make plays to win games. He can also lose games for you. But you got to have protection and you got to have weapons. And for UCF, they better for where they're going against the quality defenses that they'll play. They've got a kind of a remade offensive line like a lot of teams face with the portal impacting. And UCF brought in a number of offensive linemen. I think they're better at offensive line than they were last year. There's no shortage of running backs. There's plenty of Florida speed that's there. A talented group of wide receivers. So he'll have the weapons to help him be better. And I think you'll see another step for him. He's going to step into a different level of competition, but I think he's in a better place to have success than where he was last year, which was still relatively inexperienced as a college quarterback. Mark, you mentioned at the beginning uh, just some of the differences now. For example, taking a look at the the preseason poll, and it's it's funny timing because I happened to look at the Big 12s last night and started just you know fill it out a little bit, and I'm going to go back and look at it probably a couple more times and, and do a little bit of, of research. But I got probably three-quarters of the way through, and I went – Oh gosh, I forgot four schools, and they're playing. I got to remember like Cincinnati and BYU, and, and so I had to go back. But uh, for somebody who covers them and knows them like a blanket, we know about uh, John Rice Plumley, obviously. But who are a couple of guys that you think are are all conference level potential types of players that you think people should know the names of heading in? Jason Johnson, Eustis linebacker, is a great story. He's a, a one double A FCS linebacker a couple of years ago. You add him, you're like, okay, let's see what happens. And just the classic case of a guy that just makes tackles. Um, doesn't talk much, but you look up and go, oh, he's got 14 tackles. Oh, he, you know, he, he made this tackle for a loss. Definitely somebody that I think could play at that level. Trayvon Morris Brash, a defensive end for you. He's a bit undersized, but sneaky quick. And I think he said for a big year, if he stays healthy um, as well. I think for UCF, outside of John Rice Plumley, Javon Baker, wide receiver, Alabama transfer, such a big one-on-one guy that won so many plays of basically throw it up and, and can you go up and make plays. Acrobatic, very smart, knows where to be to run routes. I think Javon is set for a really big year as well uh, uh, for UCF. Lakai Fule is an offensive lineman. It's been at UCF of Hawaii. Um, very solid guy, versatile. He's another name there. So there's some guys there. There's some other players that came in via the transfer portal. It's funny you talked about putting that uh, ballot together. I was the same way, not so much of forgetting the teams because I saw the guys at Cincinnati and Houston. For me, getting familiar with some of the uh, interior linemen in the Big uh, 12 that you don't typically follow when you're watching the game on TV. But the other thing is I'm sure you looked at is with all the transfers now, you got to make sure, okay, who transferred in and where they come from? Oh, wait a minute, that guy was really good. He was mm-hmm. all conference, you know, when he was there. And I think the league, you know, has a few of those, as every league does, trying to upgrade. So I tried to not forget some of those guys that are also stepping into the big 12 the newcomer of the year is like a 200 person list because you got <laughs> recruits and you've got transfers so yeah that definitely spices up that award for sure mark, it is absolutely yeah. mark your thoughts about the the fan base uh, I, I remember when the story started to percolate back in the fall or even late summer of 2021 after texas OUSCC, and, and i made the mistake i made the mistake of saying the 
blank nights, not in a customer, oh, but yeah. Oh, and my, my oh, oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. oh my. And, and I mean, like I had to like run to some kind of a missile, <laughs> a missile launch area in Wyoming. But I mean, it is, and I mean that it was fun for a while and it went on for a long time, but how passionate are these fans? One, they already were passionate and now a chance for the, like this national stage, what what is this going to be like? How, how people understand what they're getting into with UCF fan base and alums. Well, first I got your back. Next time something <laughs> that happens, I will stand in front and protect you. Okay, so I got you on that. I say this as a compliment to our fan base. My guess is we quickly will become one of the most hated fan bases in the league because of how they attack people on Twitter, whether it's a mistake over uh, a name or anything like that, but. You know, again, guys, I think our youth is an advantage for what UCF is. You know, again, we're going into a league that you know better than me. Uh, where programs have played football for more than 100 years and universities have existed some for almost 200 years. So, again, we do things a little bit different. And like in Texas, Florida loves their football. But UCF fans are very protective of the brand of saying the right name, mm-hmm. of defending the size and, 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 and the sound and, 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 and the challenge of playing in their stadium. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Just like I look forward to going to some stadium venues that I've not been a part of. And the same deal, when teams come to our place, and again, I, I look forward to that. We played so many games in the, in the American and previous conferences where you look over that visiting section and there's 50 people there, maybe 200. Now I look forward to going, whoa, that's uh, that's – that's Baylor Green or that's, you know, Texas Tech Red and everything. But UCF fans are, are proud of their passion. Uh, I'm sure that we look forward, they do, at least the UCF Twitter Mafia, for some fun engagement uh, that's within reason on social media as long as it's all in good fun. But, guys, that's part of what college football yep. is about. And I think I think the fan base looks forward to a new group of fans to kind of go back and forth with and to visit some new cities that they haven't been to uh, before. So, yes, there's that level of excitement. And I think people have fun with our fan base, and hopefully they don't take everything so serious. Will you be at Big 12 Media Days? I hope so, right? I shall be there. I will be there. Uh, Absolutely look forward to it. I make uh, a look to guys like you to tell me where to go here, there, there, and there. So uh, uh, I will be there. We'll be there. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate your time. Can't wait to see you, meet you. Mark Daniels, voice of UCF, UCF Athletics. And uh, you can get and, and I that story about the fan base. They are like it's fire ant. You step in a fire ant bed, and you might as well just take the bites. It's coming, and just hope time eventually wears itself out. Yeah, I've already seen them crowned by some as the new most annoying fan base in the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, they've already ruffled some feathers, and I've already, I've seen some that have like, welcome, you're our people, and you know, you're gonna fit right in. So they've already made their mark one way or the other for. For some, and uh, I'm sure, you know, depending on what happens over this next year, uh, that'll certainly be the case uh, even more widespread. But, uh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna ruffle some feathers, you know, in, in good ways and bad ways, I'm sure. And uh, that's part of, you know, establishing new rivalries and fun and uh, these new matchups and new teams to learn. And, you know, as Mark's talking about there uh, earlier, and I've referenced and Joseph kind of talked about too, like getting to learn all these new people and just – you know, who's who and what's what. And that's why I ask because I'm not asking for a cheat sheet on my my All-Big 12 team's got four spots on it, and I don't think that UCF's going to make a, a difference in that because I think I've, I've got their reps already. But I do think it's it's good opportunity just for everybody to kind of learn mm. 
you know, some of the names of the stars. Because when you hear about UCF, you always hear about John Rice Pumley. That might be the only guy you really hear about. And in the transfer era, it's even harder to, to figure out, yeah, exactly where is everybody and who's still where. And I'm telling you, that newcomer of the year, like, oh. I mean, they, they probably need to say, like, comes from high school or something or from JUCO or high school down. Yeah, rather than, I would think that. They, that. That would not be a bad idea. And but Jody Dylan Lehman Gabriel was listen. it last year from UCF. Yeah, and oh, damn it. I did not ask the question about them playing Oklahoma. Well, they'll play, and we can get that, yeah, that we'll get out it, there yeah, next yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. You might want to make a mental note because I'm sure we'll probably talk but, to Mark at Media Days or something. I do think newcomer of the year almost needs to be split into – the high school incoming high school players and also those who have transferred who are already college players or student athletes because I and I I just looked at the, I haven't voted I have to get myself focused on this I have no damn idea how I'm going to vote well, I, I don't fi- have a clue I got to figure out if mine's not normal. mine's valid or not because technically the player who I voted for it is not new per se, but he didn't play last year. It's Isaiah Nayor at Texas. Oh, I think that would be newcomer of the year. I think so too. Grayson made me doubt myself though. He's like, "Are you sure?" Because he got there last year. I'm like, "Yeah, but he didn't play." So it's almost like a rookie who you have to play a certain amount of games before you're even up. Uh, for a, or I, I would say, in my opinion, that that's a great pick. Well, that's what I'm going with. And if yeah. they turn it, me, they send it back to me, then I'll come up with somebody what about else. Mitchell. AD Mitchell at Texas, I mean, yeah, he could very well be somebody's, yeah. and, and I feel like that's fair, and that really made me kind of sit there and think about it for a second is which guy is going to be the bigger, more impactful receiver for Texas, and it might be Mitchell, but I just love Isaiah Nayor after watching what he did um, a couple years prior to, to moving to, to Austin uh, for uh, for Wyoming. Uh, he, was, he was electric for them, so I've kind of had a little bit of a – like a, a sports fondness. I won't call it a crush, but a sports fondness for him because he's a Texas guy originally. And so I'm like, yeah, he's coming back from injury. That could make you a little bit, uh, too, because A.D. Mitchell's not coming in, I don't think, with any any health issues like Nayor's coming off of. But, yeah, that's that's who I'm rolling with. And I could always change it. I got a month to go, but that was my initial thought. But it does make Newcomer a lot more of a, of a race than you think it would, that transfer portal. When we come back, a couple of notes. I'm not sure if you heard the news about one of the – all-time longest-running shows on television and also a host of that show, retiring. May get that into a sports-type way. Who would you consider in sports? It doesn't matter what sport or a coach or player. Who would you want to replace Pat Sajak with Wheel of Fortune? We'll come back with that. And Mac Rhodes joins us in about 15 minutes. This is 365 Sports. Pioneer Steel and Pipe. Brand new location opened up back in December on Loop 340, and it's also Highway 6 on the eastern side of I-35. They are bigger, better, faster, and stronger, and oh, by the way, they were damn good at what they did even before the new building. But now, because of it, they have even more product, more pieces, more of what you need. And then also with what they've always had, pipe, steel, metal, whatever, They have different lengths, sizes, so that if you buy something from the location where they were before, you still might yourself or have somebody else cut it to the length you need. Now they've got numerous sizes of pipe, steel, metal, tubing, and what you might be looking for. Of course, it's heavy-duty material, big-time stuff, bulky stuff. You'll have to get it delivered. Uh, Well, if you want to get it delivered, they'll do that even help you unload it. That is also an option, or you could do it yourself. The Pioneer Boys are 1943. 
Think about just the durability, sustainability, and the success. And now, with their brand new location, PioneerBoys.com. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovy. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally hear. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDI see an equal housing lender boots add protection good boots help you climb better and move forward faster and when your son or daughter steps into the boots of a u.s army officer they also learn how to lead in these boots they'll gain more confidence with expert training in one of more than 150 occupational specialties in these boots they'll stand a little taller and lead a team with diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise to successfully accomplish whatever challenge comes next in these boots they'll earn respect with valuable experience from day one that will give them solid footing for success into the future highly qualified candidates who earn a spot on our team can receive comprehensive health care coverage college tuition assistance and a bonus of up to forty thousand dollars see all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at goarmy.com U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchie Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchie Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchie Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchie Group at 1-800-258-8302. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. 
The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now here's David Smoke and Craig Smoke. Paul Catalina getting married tomorrow. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. I think it's June 26th or 7th. He'll be back here in studio with us. So good luck with him in Hawaii. He and Amanda will have Mac Rose in a moment. So uh, this is Pat Sajak. I mean, this guy is, an, you talk about a dog. I mean, this guy's got all of it. He's going to retire after uh, this is their 41st year, uh, which begins in September. My last There's Vanna White with her response uh, 41 years later. And so Wheel of Fortune's about to make a change with who is the host who's been there for four-plus decades. So I asked on the uh, chat room, just a short segment here, then Mac Rhodes, who would you suggest suggest play as a sports personality or whoever? Who would you want? Ernie Johnson. Hmm. Shaq. Let's see Ernie Jones. Shaq, Shaq's good, but he – and I know my, my voice isn't always clear enough for people or energetic enough or whatever, but Shaq, I, I have to, like, lean in to yeah, hear he, what he's, he's saying got, it's sometimes. A, it's a deep, hollow voice. It's so yeah. deep, yeah. and he's like he's putting so little effort yeah. in. It's just – it's like, what? Yeah. What are you – what are you trying to say? It's just so deep and muffled. So, yeah, he, he would need to – change that tone up a little bit but he's a fun guy i think ernie johnson ernie actually johnson makes a lot of sense i think he'd be great he's a little bit busy at times but gilbert godfrey is one. Oh god uh how about like the Affleck. tom brady or tony romo the jim nance nance is actually calming down his schedule with no more ncaa tournament lee trevino would be great pj fleck from minnesota um Let's see here. Uh, my God, somebody, I thought they said Gilbert Godfrey. I, I, Charles Barkley. Didn't, you just did, didn't you? Uh, Gil, Gilbert Godfried, not Godfrey. God, God, what was the name I mentioned? Uh, you just said Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey. Gil, no, they were saying that it was another Gilbert. It's a, a former personality. Um, Ernie Johnson. Kevin Harlan is one. Larry the Cable Guy Could be Coach is o. one. Coach O. Coach O. Give me Coach O. Yeah. Uh, you had to repeat I mean, those clues a few times. Michael, K-19C fan. I remember when Sajak tried to host a late-night show that crashed and burned. You know, there are things I you're really that. good at, and there's nothing wrong with trying to branch out and try, but you're also there, – there are some that have tried to go do their own thing been on a great network, tried to do it somewhere else, and just did not work out. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know, I didn't know that he he did late night uh, at all or attempted to. Um, I will say that by failing, he pretty much has more of the the late night hosts on his side than not on his side because the list of the failures late night are much longer than the ones who have been great over the long haul. So yeah, if he's 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 not alone in that regard. But that's that's something I I learned today. I had no idea that he was a late night host at one point. Bill Murray. He's not as much of America's beloved figure at this point. I, I no. feel like uh, here's of late. There's you know been some stories about his. Be- I love Bill Murray, um, and there's like a nostalgia factor there. And just I think he's a great actor and comedian and all that. But yeah, I think he's he's probably not interested. And uh, I don't know. There'd probably be some pushback for that one. Who's the one? And he is fantastic. He's fantastic. He's funny. He does wheel. Of, uh, he does. Um... Oh my God! I can't remember. It's not price. Is it price? Not price is right. He does a lot of the shows now at night. Like Steve Harvey? Yes. Steve Harvey is genius. Yeah, he's good. He's got enough on his plate. I just was wondering about 
him. He is he is phenomenal what he's done. Uh, and, and and but but he's busy and probably a competitive. I don't even know what network that would be on. But not I can't think of anybody else. Anybody else come to mind? But Michael Strahan. Pretty, Michael Strahan, Strahan would be a natural transition. Yeah. And of course, he is a rock star. Yeah. And when he was voted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, it took forever for them to match the schedule with his schedule. And he came in and um, he wasn't at the press conference, but neither was Adrian Peterson. But he was there for the banquet, and then he spoke first after he was introduced and then left. Well, I can't even imagine how many different ways he's being pulled in one direction as a network star, Hall of Fame football player, and then also remember what he does on Fox Sports when it comes to football on Sunday. So I don't think it'd be Wheel of Fortune, but, I mean, you could pretty much pencil in McAfee for all sorts of different gigs. Yeah. I feel like game show host, not not Wheel of Fortune necessarily, but like some type of game show, I could definitely see him hosting that, uh, hosting something along those lines. Keenan on Saturday Night Live. I don't watch Saturday Keenan Night Thompson. Live. Thompson, um, yeah, I could see him. Too. Trevor Noah. Travis Kelsey would be fun. Yeah, no, he would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be yeah, fun. He's really, really got a great sense of humor. McAfee, of course, would be nuts. Dwayne he, The Rock Johnson, I think he's kind of – Pretty much set with what we gotta, he does. We got to stop so we can settle on some of these names. But Keenan Thompson, um, yeah, I think he'd be he'd be interesting um, as a game show host, uh, and playing off of you know him doing as a character and actually go and do it. He'd probably be pretty funny. Um, he's a super talented guy. Trevor Noah, I'm not sure what he's been up to outside of dating celebrities since uh, he left Daily Show. So maybe yeah, I could possibly see that one. Uh, the Rock, man. He's. Uh, I'm not saying he's he could too probably, big for that role, but no, 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 no. You, uh, you don't keep up with stuff as as closely in some cases, so you're you're not even aware of the fact that his star is not as bright as it has been right at the moment. It's it's. He could probably here pretty soon use that gig. Quite frankly, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He went from biggest movie, and I love the Rock, like uh, at least from you know my wrestling days and watching him and all that. Uh, but he became superhero Hollywood guy, and then did every action movie imaginable and crammed it all into like a year and a half to where I think a lot of people got rock fatigue and realized, oh, wait, he's just the rock in every single movie. And then once you realize that, it kind of takes the mystique away. His show just got canceled on NBC, Young Rock, uh, which was about him growing up. Uh, His his superhero days as Black Adam are already over after that flopped. So, yeah, the rock's kind of in in an interesting little – the XFL uh, did not – uh, make money they lost a lot of money i'll get to that and off the radar but but yeah he might he, he'd be great at it all right yeah rob gronkowski yeah i could see rob gronkowski Gronk, doing a yeah. talk show rob, uh, not talk show jj watt who's now officially retired i could see, see him yeah. uh, becoming someone who was there uh involved in that let's take a break and uh, come back with mac rhodes baylor director of athletics thank you very much for all of those uh, opinions and feedback on the uh, chat room or in the chat room, this is 365 Sports. Marco's Pizza, pizza lovers get it online. You can find several specials. Uh, so, by the way, they have the cauliflower crust. I actually bought some tortillas the other day to have fajitas, and I bought the cauliflower tortillas, and I was wondering, is it going to be just bland or dry? It was good. Plus, it's healthy, and they have cauliflower crust at Marco's Pizza. Marco's Pizza, Marco's Pizza. Of course, pizza lovers get it. Also, go to marcos.com for other specials from Pepperoni Magnifico. Sausage Magnifico, the combination of the two Magnifico, and of course you can get whatever crust you want. I like thin crust, that's me, but you can get what you want. And salads, 
sandwiches, wings, drinks, you name it. They have it. Five locations in the Waco area. Bob Mock built it from when there were none. He'd been in the pizza business for many years, learned every piece of whatever you need to own one, and now he has five in Waco. Bell Mead, Chida Spring, Hewitt, Woodway, and Robinson. Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micro-market vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micro-market vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can also help you find a metal building contractor for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneersboys.com. Aaron Duvall, owner, Texas Beef House. Why did you get into this business? We kind of were born into it, and it's been for uh, several generations. Our family's been in the, in the beef business, uh, the, the ranching business, and we've specifically got into the beef business uh, back in about 2015 when uh, me and my son uh, decided to form Texas Beef House and uh, sell directly to the public. Aaron, everyone yeah. knows about Wagyu and, and, and how elite that is when it comes to beef. What separates you from anyone else that may do this in this type of profession? We um, selected out Wagyu mainly because it's, uh, it's such a quality beef and uh, it's consistent. Some beef, some breeds, you, know, you may have uh, you know a good animal every now and then, but Wagyu produces really consistently good beef every time. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive, North 19th Street, right behind the bank, is a hidden gem in Waco. If you're a fan of bourbon, especially local Texas bourbons, that's where you gotta go. Balcones, TX, Devil's River, whatever it is, they've got it. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, plus the best selection of craft beers in Waco, seasonally churned out throughout the year. Whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter, Riverbend Liquor and Wine, best selection of craft beers, a speedy drive-thru window, and excellent customer service. Find out more on Instagram or just go by and see them. Lakeshore Drive at North 19th Street behind the bank. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes each week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, and more. If you haven't been there in quite some time, you're missing out on the improvements for our members. New flooring in the weight room and locker room, new paint and mirrors added in the weight room and group exercise room, with more new machines arriving over the next few months. New free weights, weight machines, t 
TRX rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new elliptical machines on spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, and Alex Botch, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. There's sauna, whirlpool, tanning bed, and kids club. The amenities are great. 16 tennis courts plus an 1,100-seat stadium court, eight pickleball courts, youth and adult tennis and pickleball lessons. Visit our website, wacotennis.com, or visit Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. This is 365 Sports. Text us at 254-339-1122. The text line is sponsored by Riverbend Liquor and Wine with the most extensive variety of craft beer in Waco. A hidden gem on Lakeshore Drive and 19th Street. Bader Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes with us. Craig Smoke, David Smoke. Paul is out. He's in Hawaii. Going to get married tomorrow and then... A honeymoon. He'll be back. I don't know if you if you will come back if you get to visit and stay in Hawaii for a couple of different weeks. Mac Rhodes joins us on three sixty five Sports. So you, uh, I did not ask you this last week, and it's about your staff. You've added senior pieces or senior administrators. You've continued to kind of add. I think there was a while there where you weren't quite, not that you weren't up to par, but there were some openings. Do you feel pretty good about where you are now with your staff? Yeah, I, I do now. And, uh, you know, we were intentional to take some time and, uh, and really breathe and, you know, certainly meet with, uh, our head coaches and, uh, sport program administrators and others. Um, you know, just trying to get, uh, uh, a best feel for, you know, where are we missing or where, where can we be better? Um, how can we, how can we take things to the next level? Um, you know, the, the executive team, and, you know, I truly believe this, the current executive team, I'm, I'm blessed with, you know, the best in the country, but uh, everybody's plate is, is overflowing. And so, um, you know, obviously landed in a, in a good place and um, adding, you know, Callie, who's been here before, um, you know, for those that, that know her, she's a, She's a force of nature and uh, has got such a, a great skill set uh, in terms of, you know, working with people, collaboration, uh, pushing people. Um, I really, really enjoyed working with her um, when she was here previously. Um, you know, when I arrived, she was in that, you know, human resource and uh, assistant to the AD role and, and uh, we we promoted her to the chief of staff, but um, she's going to be a, a, a great addition, both, you know, in terms of the, the athletics department, but also uh, across campus. She's, she's highly, highly regarded. And then, uh, you know, Juliana uh, from, from Colgate, um, she's one of those just rising stars in our, in our industry. If, uh, if you have a conversation about, you know, um, future, future leaders in our industry and, you know, uh, who to keep an eye on. Um, she is always, I mean, just consistently mentioned. And, um, you know, what I, what I appreciated most about Juliana is that, um, she, she really feels called to, to be at Baylor and, um, and really reached out about two years ago, um, 
uh, introducing herself and and talking about this this calling and and really wanting to work for for Baylor and you know it finally worked out and uh, you know she uh, she's going to um, oversee our spiritual growth you know pillar and uh, you know I I think we've made really good progress there but um, I think we can be much much more much better go go much deeper when we think about how we serve our student athletes, but, uh, but also our, our staff and, and how we, we challenge everyone, everyone to grow. And, you know, certainly, you know, uh, her expertise in the, uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, space. And, um, that's an area that, uh, you know, we've had this conversation in the past on this show, but, uh, we're wanting to continue to grow and, and evolve. So just feel really, really blessed that uh, both are both are joining our team. Mac, I was reading an article, I think it was in light of Jack Swarbrick uh, announcing his retirement. It was kind of pointing to kind of an end of an era of, you know, certain athletic directors and whatnot. And we've heard you speak to just the craziness surrounding the profession these days. Um, I'd imagine there's probably lots of conversations between athletic directors about just where are we going? Where are we headed? What's this going to be like? But have you seen that effect trickle down in terms of interest, in terms of up-and-coming people like you just mentioned wanting to be athletic directors? Have you seen any sort of an impact based on just all the craziness affecting the profession, so to speak? Yeah, no, Craig, I think that's a great, that's a, that's a great question, really insightful question. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't go, you know, print this on, on the front page of the newspaper because I, I just – I'm not sure, you know, that, um, that, that I've got great data to back it up, but it, it seems and feels like that, um, people are more measured about whether or not they, they want to sit, uh, sit in this chair, um, because of, you know, all of the, all of the things that are, that are going on, um, you know, right now as we speak, um, in the, in the industry. And, uh, so I think that's been, at least for me, you know, at least that's my opinion. Um, interesting to, to see now, you know, there, there are certainly those that, you know, Hey, you know, it's my, been my dream to be an athletic director and I still want to still want to do that. But I think more than ever before, I think people are really thinking, um, a lot about, um, one, do, do we want to, do we want to be in this profession just given the chaos and you know it's a grind and all of the hours and uh, and I think you're 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 seeing you know I think you know coming out of COVID with with all of the NCA transformation name image and likeness transfer portal I think you're 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 you know seeing people really thinking twice about whether or not you know the the this profession is is right for them and then do do I want to sit um, in the in the athletics chair, and so just been interesting to, to kind of follow and and see. And you know, I would say, you know, um, as an athletic director right now, um, you you better be an adaptive leader, um, and um, because you can't stay stagnant as a as a leader in this industry right now. Um, you better push yourself. You better. You better, you know, make sure that uh, that that you're moving and you're growing, and and you can be be adaptive, and um, and you can do all of those things without you know compromising, 
you know, your, your core values. Matt, have, a lot going on. Yeah, no, there is. Uh, have you ever, have, has the conference itself, whenever you meet whoever's meeting about the future, has there ever been discussion about a deadline for anyone who wants to join the Big 12? You're entering now this summertime. And yeah. has that even been discussed that, okay, we have to focus in, or is that just going to be an open-ending book? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I appreciate the, the, the question. And, um, you know, um, there's, at least I'm not aware of, um, that there's there's ever been a, uh, a conversation or a, a deadline set for, for, for any, anyone, um, when we, when we think about conference membership, um, the reality is that, um, at some point in time, you know, the, the PAC 12, just given, you know, when their when their current TV deal, you know, ends, um, the, the PAC 12, um, is, is gonna, you know, have to cross that threshold in terms of, you know, what, what their deal is. And, um, you know, again, um, sound like a broken record, but, you know, nobody's sitting here and, and, you know, wishing for the demise of, of the PAC 12 reality is though, um, when that day comes and it, and it has to come right. And there's all kinds of speculation on when it's coming, right. If you, if you, if you read things, it's, it's coming by end of June or, you know, more than likely, you know, sometime this summer, end of summer, whenever that time is. And I do believe it's, it's within this, this 60 day window. Um, we're going to know and, and we'll, we'll all know. And so, you know, nobody, nobody has put a, a self implied, you know, deadline on, on any of this. And, um, I think it, it behooves certainly the, uh, the big 12 to, to be patient and, uh, and, and be ready. Um, if there, if there is opportunity, the, uh, the conference itself is about to add, it's going to add four new teams officially July the 1st. We've had a couple of writers, analysts who have covered UCF and Houston today. We'll have the ADs of those four schools, which we've had on before uh, the week of the last week in June. Do you feel like any of the talk about possible additions uh, takes away anything at all? Have you heard that taking away anything of all at all from Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, or Brigham Young? Yeah, I, I appreciate the question because it's it's something that, you know, I think about. I think it's something that uh, the conferences have thought about. And um, I think, you know, the, the answer is I hope not um, because, you know, we, we need to be celebrating um, those four institutions. And, uh, you know, when you, you think back, you know, 18 months or two years ago, and uh, we added those four, and uh, you know, um, those clearly were the right four to uh, to add. And um, and you know, the the eight of us plus those four have have provided great you know stability uh, for this conference, and um, it's a it's a conference that 
you know, both ESPN and Fox really believed in. Um, you know, they didn't have to negotiate a, a new TV media deal with us, knowing that Oklahoma uh, and, and Texas were, were leaving and, and knowing we couldn't go out to the open market. And, and have any any competition and you know both of those TV partners uh, thought enough of the 12 of us those, those four included that uh, we've got we've got a future we've got promise and so you know certainly grateful um, to, to ESPN grateful to Fox and grateful to, to Commissioner Yormark leading us through through that through that negotiation along with, along with Endeavor. But um, yeah, they need to be celebrated and uh, we need to make sure that we're really, really intentional about, um, you know, that, that storyline and, and making them feel welcome. And I've said it on the show before, if we don't add any other institution and it remains the, the, the 12 for, the unforeseeable future. Uh, I really, really believe we're we're in a in a great, great place. So um, I'm excited, you know, for for July one, and uh, and those those four to officially uh, come on board. I'm glad that you've had an opportunity to speak to all four of those athletic directors. All four of them are friends, mm-hmm. uh, individuals, and uh, do a great job leading their leading their respective programs. Do you sense with the twelve teams with Texas OU for one more year? But do you sense that they're that that all twelve kind of are all on the same page as far as the unity, the future, and that there are no so-called like voting blocks, if that's the right term or phrase to use? Yeah, um, there there is a healthy respect, uh, a really healthy respect. Um, amongst the 12. I don't think anybody's sitting in a chair thinking that um, they're better than, than any of the, the other 11. I think there is a, a willingness to um, certainly think and contemplate, you know, what's best for the 12 rather than what's best just for the, for the one. And that's really hard to do, right? All of us, meaning athletic directors, we, uh, you know, we get paid our responsibilities to, you know, look out for what is the best interest of, of your particular institution. But part of what's looking out for your best interest is also making sure that you're, you're part of a, a conference that, that is thriving, that is continuing to grow and, uh, and, and, and succeed, not just today, but, but into the future. And so I, I do, I, I think there's, uh, I think there's great collaboration and, uh, and, uh, and unity, um, right now. And, uh, and I expect that to, to carry on for, for years to come. Mac Rose Baylor, director of athletics with us on 365 sports. Um, the total number of dollars you get from the TV and media rights deal from, whatever networks and then the, even the tier three or whatever it is now with ESPN and what you call it. How much of that revenue that you get 
whether it's the 31-7 or the 50-whatever, the combination of other revenue, how much of that is a percentage of your athletic department budget? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So um, what – and I think I've said it before, but it's certainly our largest source of, of revenue. And so that's why, you know, everybody is fixated on, you know, the, the – the TV contracts and, and what do they mean? And then again, you know, when you think about the total revenue distribution, it's certainly not just the TV, it's the largest portion of it, but it's also the CFP. It's also the men's basketball NCAA tournament. It's other bowl games and some, some ancillary uh, revenues, but you know, I'd have to sit and, and really think about it, but I would, I would tell you that it, you know, somewhere um, probably, you know, right around 40%. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we think about our total total operating budget, um, yeah, it's it's somewhere, you know, probably between 35 and, and, and 40, 42%, somewhere, somewhere in there. Mac, I'm not sure how, how all the political side of things work, but uh, there was House Bill 2804 that was passed uh, in the Senate. Greg Abbott signed that uh, this past Saturday, and it will become law here in a couple of weeks. Uh, big picture, what does that mean for schools in the state of Texas? And uh, even more big picture in particular for you, what does that mean exactly for Baylor Athletics, if anything? Yeah, I you know, I, that's a great question, Craig, and, and, and here's why. It's um, it's fascinating because um, Texas, I believe, is is the third state to you know uh, implement this this type of amendment to its its existing name, image, and likeness state law. Arkansas was the first, I think, Missouri, um, then Texas. And then there, there may be one or, or, or more other, other states. And so it's a, it's a real, um, contradiction. And, um, and I would just say that, you know, all of the, all the schools in the, in the state of Texas, um, need to, need to tread lightly because, you know, the, the amendment certainly makes and this is a very simplistic explanation. Um, so, but it, it, it provides a pathway or it, it allows for quote unquote other entities to collect and distribute name, image, and likeness, uh, monies to, 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 to student athletes. And, um, and so, um, i.e., you know, what's been talked about, this isn't, this isn't news, right? I.e., the, the, the 12th Man Foundation. Um, it also goes on to say that Texas state law presides over, um, NCA and conference, uh, bylaws, regulations. And so, um, other entities um, that are affiliated with institutions uh, per the NCAA, um, that is 
that is not allowed. And so now we, we have this state law that um, is in conflict with, with the NCAA. And um, I, would, I would just say that, you know, all of us are going to need to grapple with that. And it is my opinion that the, the NCAA is not going to waver, that um, they are going to uh, hold institutions um, with these similar type, type amendments, state laws, regarding name, image, and likeness, that they are going to hold them accountable to, to the NCA bylaws regardless of what, of what the state law uh, allows, allows an institution to do. So, um, so you know, for, for Baylor, um, and, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of any other institution in the, in the, 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 the state of Texas, um, we're gonna we're gonna follow the the uh, the NCAA laws. I I don't want to get into a, a situation where all of a sudden, um, you know, one of our one of our sports programs um, is is going to to postseason and and now we're we're not allowed. And um, and you know, I'm not saying that um an absolute but you know i could see that as a as a possibility so uh we obviously have had a lot of conversation on this campus mm-hmm. um you know dr livingstone myself uh our general counsel chris holmes others and um we're going to be um we're going to be very thoughtful and um and uh, we're not gonna we're not going to compromise our our institution Mac, last thing. What's more difficult right now, being an being an athletic director in college athletics or being a commissioner? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I uh, hate to answer that just because it, it's well, going to okay. sound. Do you want to be you know, a commissioner it, one day? <laughs> um, <laughs> it. You know, commissioners have a lot of things to, to deal with and, and handle in their in their different different jobs. Um, you know, I, I I'm not going to say that their their you know commissioner roles jobs are, are easier. Not sure that not sure that they are, but I will just say that um, as an athletic director right now, um, you know, if you're an FBS athletic director you have your hands full yep. um you do thank you mac appreciate it uh when you take vacation will you let us know so we'll be ready for the breaking news alert i will i will <laughs> be sure to do appreciate you thank all you. and god bless paul and his fiance and i hope uh hope the wedding goes well tomorrow it will thank you mac mac Rhodes, baylor director of athletics with us on 365 sports if you don't know the history that mac when he went on vacation, Texas OU head to the SEC, or at least the story broke. Uh, I believe there were one or two other times that when he took a break or tried to get away, there was a story that broke. Most of the time it was about everything else but Baylor, but there were probably a couple of different times, especially when they had when he first arrived in 2016. Yeah, I think uh, – I'm not sure what his vacation was like then, 
Um, I don't know, maybe he snuck one in that first year right after media days when there's a little bit of a, a minor lull. People get in the rest of their vacation that remainder of July and early August before the season kicks off. But, yeah, he pretty much had to hit the ground running when he first got here, and it was uh, a mess to walk into just from a PR standpoint. And then, you know, media days and all of that. Uh, but I think he's he's found the, the following years to probably be a little more lax in that regard. But, yeah, it does seem like when he goes on vacation, inevitably something breaks. I think the – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there, but he said he feels like stuff pretty much has to wrap up here in the next couple of weeks. Correct? Well, he did. Like he um, said, the next 60-day window, which yeah. could be all the way through – you know, a couple or, of weeks, yeah. 60 days. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that seems to – you know, makes sense, uh, kind of starts fading into the season there 60 days from now, which I guess we're maybe, what, a little outside of that. So that would that would line up just about right. And, you know, good to know there's not a deadline per se, but there is that kind of a loose time frame of like, well, kind of need to know something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only unfortunate part about that is that it's not 10 days instead of 60 so that we could kind of just know what's what and, uh, you know, have have the, uh, the arguments, you know, uh, about – the next wave or chapter, you know, whether that's right or wrong or whatever, rather than the, the one that we've continued to have. So there's some, some conclusion on the way. It's just a, a little bit more of a, a ways to wait, but it's uh, certainly going to be spicy, I would imagine, until then, and, and good to hear from him as always. When we come back, Craig's off the radar. We have a new NBA champion among some other stories that he teased earlier. Also today, just after 5, when off the radar, around 5'10", Chris Lovell, now that his phone is back up and running, uh, he'll join us, who covers Texas Tech broadcast voice for uh, men's ba- what, basketball and also in football as far as part of the color analyst job. So all of that is going to come up in the 5 o'clock hour, plus John McClain at around 545. This is 365 Sports. Stonewood Dental in Robinson, Texas. Stonewood Dental, uh, it's very simple. Stonewood-dental.com online. And if you go by the reviews and look at what people have said, about Dr. Steve Childress and the staff, the dentist, the hygienist, and even those who greet you when you walk through the front door. It is clockwork. I cannot explain how, how well that business is run. How much they actually, yes, they're a business. Uh, they're in the business of having teeth cleaning to anything from root canals and teeth pulled and crowns. But it is as efficient a business as I have ever witnessed. And, and it's amazing. And then they've done that with me and my dental work. I have a, an appointment coming up July the 6th. I, God knows what I'll have to have done. But I feel so much more comfortable. What was it, two, three, four weeks ago I went in there because I bit down on a mint. And, and I, had a, I could tell there was a piece of my tooth that never hurt. It never, like, gave me that, ugh, but got that fixed. Probably going to have to go back in there and, who knows, get a root canal. But that's okay because it's part of making sure I stay dental hygiene Good, because for many years I did not. Dr. Steve Childress, Stonewood Dental in Robinson, Texas. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. 
Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. But when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC. is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. This is Craig Smokes Off the Radar, presented by Alliance Bank. They take pride in making banking easy, AllianceBankTexas.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports. Tuesdays and Thursdays at around 445, give or take. Stop down and talk about a variety of different headlines from college sports, although... 
typically try to do more pro here because we talk so much college, but that doesn't mean that things don't uh, slip through that I still want to get around to or that we haven't touched on it previously, like the Director's Cup, for example. Just wanted to follow back around and start off with that uh, since you may not have joined us earlier on in the show, uh, but the Director's Cup uh, for overall uh, you know, best top athletic program in the country, won by the Stanford Cardinal last night, thanks to their win over Texas, uh, who they were competing with for that Director's Cup and who had won the last two Director's Cups. But uh, with that win, the two-year winning streak for UT is broken. Stanford back on top, and prior to those two wins by UT, uh, these last two seasons, 25 straight mm for the Stanford Cardinal uh, in the NACDA Directors' Cup. Uh, do you know, can you name the only other team that has won a Directors' Cup? And it was the very first yes. director. Okay, so I, I do know it. this, but uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Which they, has a very stout yeah. overall athletic department in many ways. Yeah, so the Directors' Cup's been around since 93-94. North Carolina won it that inaugural year, and then every single year up until the last two, 25 straight years, it was Stanford and then Texas Texas and now Stanford once again uh, but just some of the teams that have finished in the top 10 you know the most times outside of those three that have won it uh, Florida I don't think that's much of a surprise Not at all UCLA Michigan USC Ohio State Penn State Georgia they've all had 10 or more um, top 10 rankings when all was said and done and then Virginia Cal and Arizona have all had less than 10 uh, appearances in the final top 10 rankings, but they've had more than a handful, each uh, Virginia, Cal, and Arizona. So a lot of big brands. There's no, like, you know, small private school or anything like that in there. (laughs) And what you'd about expect, you know, especially with Stanford and Texas, North Carolina, Florida, all the the Olympic sports and and the ways that they, you know, have successes there. So that was just interesting. I know that was something that was, was obviously on Longhorns fans' minds because I saw some of that in their... Um, well, their misery last night following that game, which was totally understandable given how that, that ended and as we talked about earlier. You think about the spring sports. Now, how many universities have all of these or some? That's golf, the thing, yeah. Men's and women's golf, men's and women's lacrosse, and not everybody does that. Uh, women's rowing, softball, women's and men's tennis, men's and women's track and field, men's volleyball, women's... Um, WP. Beach volleyball is another one. So, I mean, you've got – and, and that doesn't include what you do in the winter. That's just some of the stuff in the fall. But it is – there's just some schools that just have a bunch of – and UT is very fortunate because they have water a huge – Water polo, of course. And and Stanford got 100 points for water polo, 90 for, for Georgia. But, yeah, it's, a, it's very in-depth. It's like a spider web of so many sports. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of those that you just mentioned, like, uh, was it swimming and diving, for example? I think Texas competes with, what, like they're three schools really in the good, Big 12. Yeah. But they're, re- I mean, they're really, really good, don't get me wrong. But it's it's a different makeup. It's not, you know, in wrestling, for example, the Big 12's got – Oklahoma, like, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. No, I'm talking about the other teams that are brought in for wrestling. Oh, yeah, are, yeah, you know, from outside like the Denver conference. and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, North Dakota and stuff. They, they compete all over. So, yeah, not everybody has everything. So it's not an exact comparison, but – Hats off to Stanford, and uh, that was also notable because now the College uh, World Series field is set, and that will get underway here at the end of the week. And I was thinking, like, tonight, 
I don't know what all may, may be on, like, in the periphery. Like, I don't know the WNBA schedule. I don't know, you know, that kind of stuff. I'll get to what one big game is on tonight. But outside of that, folks, we are in baseball season. <laughs> like, we are very much in baseball season now, uh, as I'll get to in a moment. But college baseball field set, you'll have Oral Roberts and TCU. Uh, which ought to be a, a very interesting matchup. That'll kick the festivities off on Friday. Also have a couple of top 10 teams in Virginia and Florida that will meet up to kick off uh, things on Friday as well. So that'll that, those two games will be on Friday. Then on Saturday, uh, game number one between Stanford and Wake Forest. Uh, Stanford number eight, Wake Forest the number one team in the country. And then Tennessee against number five, LSU. Talk about you know programs who have had a pretty good year. Um, that's that's one you got to mention as Tennessee well. Tennessee football was good until the injury, right? I'm talking about LSU. Basketball. Oh, I was talking about Tennessee basketball. Okay, well, was, yeah. And then also this. But LSU, no, LSU's had themselves a run plus the national title in women's basketball. Yeah, so uh, there is your field. Oral Roberts, TCU, Virginia, Florida, Stanford, Wake Forest, Tennessee versus LSU. How are you feeling about LSU uh, and Tennessee Oof. opening things up? I like it. I think, I think this is one where – Tennessee will probably win one game, but I think LSU will get them. And then I'm a little nervous about if if I feel like they're going to get Wake, and I'm not 100 percent confident about that matchup. Yeah, it all depends. Like you get your loser versus yeah, winner, and you're really good. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. very good. So you'll you'll have we go from our best out of three super regionals now to you know win your first game and you move on and you play uh, the winner of the game winner game one winner game two loser game one loser game two double elimination style like that so it'll make for some fun matchups and um, you know yeah we got that uh, that finally set last night uh, really made way for baseball season later on tonight will certainly make way for baseball season but last night did have the finals of the NBA regular season as the Denver Nuggets became your world champions led by Nikola Jokic, who uh, won MVP overall honors, uh, only took five games for Denver to finish off Miami. Miami was able to uh, jump up and grab that game, too, and you thought, oh, man, how interesting are they going to make this? Well, there were some fun contests, but in the end, Denver was clearly the better team. Uh, Jokic uh, and and surrounding cast, uh, you know, clearly just a better stronger, faster, more talented, you know, better. I mean, just in general, they were the better team. I don't think anybody's denying that coming off of last night. I will say I found it very disappointing, Jimmy Butler's performance at the end of that game. Uh, he just kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, just kind of. He scored, what, eight points, missed a, a three badly, had a terrible pass terrible in a moment shot. where they. Yeah. But, man, I just wonder if, if, if uh, yeah. And it just seemed a little out of control for yeah. the moment. For a guy who seems so in control all the time and who is, like, the lead guy for that franchise, he had a couple moments there at the very end when it's still not quite over. And, yeah, he jacks up a, an awful shot. Now, yeah. you know, granted, maybe he makes those. And so you, you, who else are you going to put the ball in, in, in whose hands? But, um, yeah, he just had a couple of really bad moments there at the end. In the postgame, he was asked, like, you know, what is something that sticks out to you? He's like, my turnover. Yeah. The he, turnover that helped end the game. He scored 21, but he was held he had most of it from the free throw yeah. line. But you're right. It was a bad deal. Jimmy Butler carried them on his back. Not that others did as well, but it just wonder if he just ran out of the emotional gas. Because Denver was really good. Good for the Denver damn Nuggets, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Denver Nuggets, uh, your world champions. I think and- of David Thompson, Dan Issel, some throwback names when I think about Denver. Now you can think about Jokic because of what he's done. Uh, yeah, and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a cast of other guys as well. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 
Uh, but yeah, uh, Jokic and Murray uh, together are a fantastic pair. I think, you know, it was kind of unfortunate because immediately after it's over, they win, and then it's like, and we're going to be back next year. And, you know, the head coach is sitting there firing up the troops, and I'm like, just enjoy it, man. Like, you just got done. And I know that's the sports thing to do or the American thing to do is move on to the next thing, but it's like, you just won the very first NBA title. And you're already setting people up because then immediately all the conversation, like the beat reporters, I understand, are doing their jobs and they're on to the next thing, but they're asking questions about next year. And it's like, they just they just yep. won this bad boy. So uh, it was made note of last night that that was their first NBA title. And I saw some some grouchy older folks or just historians, if you will. They were like, well, what about, you know, the ABA? Or what about, the, you know, why don't those count the same? But as far as a pure NBA title... That was the first for the Denver Nuggets. So they are out of that no titles club. And uh, now there are still a a few teams that are remaining. Uh, The Indiana Pacers have not won an NBA title. The New Orleans Pelicans. The Reggie Miller years, of course, that was during mostly Jordan. Yep, okay. ran up against Jordan, ran up against some Pelicans other teams as well. Pelicans are actually the Charlotte Hornets, who had Larry Johnson at one point. But, but the Charlotte yeah. Hornets are also the Charlotte Hornets uh, now as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Pelicans have not won one. The Brooklyn Nets have not won an NBA well, title. Well, that's got a sting when you've had Durant and Kyrie, among some others. Yeah. yeah. The Orlando Magic. Uh, they, of course, with Penny and Shaq, had some opportunities, but uh, they were unfortunately in an Eastern Conference with Jordan and the Bulls and ran into them, and uh, that was very memorable. But they have not won a franchise, or they have not won a, a world title. So Pacers, Pelicans, Nets, and Magic. Magic had Shaq and Penny, you're right. And, yep. and, and they were they won, they almost won early, but I, they, what did they, who did they lose to in the finals, you say? I know they played maybe San Antonio one year. You remember? Not sure. I think it might have been the Spurs the Rock- back when they had I think it was the Rockets. Rockets yeah. The Rockets, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was the Rockets uh, in those back-to-back years. But um, was the, I don't remember exactly what year and, and all of that. But, yeah, that was that was a good opportunity, but they never did win one. Uh, the Clippers have never won. The Jazz, the Hornets, the, the Suns. Jazz. The Suns, the Grizzlies, the Thunder, and the T-Wolves. So that's like nearly half the league, it feels like, that I just rattled off there that is not won. And Denver was a part of that until last night. The one that has to sting the mall. Okay, name those last chunk of school uh, teams you mentioned. I know the Jazz and Phoenix, right? Jazz, Hornets, Suns, Grizzlies, Thunder, Timberwolves. If you are the Jazz and Suns, that has to be the most painful thing to be a part of. Because Jordan Phoenix has yeah. numerous... Yeah, just runs of yeah. that, and 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 then of course the Jazz with Malone and Stockton, etc. Mm. Yeah, I mean they've had some some opportunities uh, here's of late, uh, and going back to the '90s, and uh, you know points in between and and all around and whatnot. But uh, yeah, those are the franchises that have not won uh, NBA championships after the Nuggets were able to uh, get off that list last night. Meanwhile, tonight, so have uh, college baseball is moving on to its final phase later on this week. I uh, got MLB going on, of course, but NBA now over, and uh, that leaves as far as the pro sports goes. Just MLB for the end of time. It feels like here in the middle of baseball season, but also the Stanley Cup Finals, and that will potentially come to a close later on tonight. Game number five, the Vegas Golden Knights. Unlike UCF, they are proud to be Golden Knights. Uh, but yes, Vegas up three games to one, and looking to close it out over the Florida Panthers. Uh, 7 p.m. start time for that one. Uh, any kind of a feel for uh, what we might see uh, here in game number five, uh, Garrett? I feel a blowout, man. Like Vegas, if you look at the how they've handled every uh, matchup in the playoffs, they've had a couple of blowouts, and I feel like 
they're due for one tonight. Um, I think Matthew Kachuk is probably – I know he's a game-time decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed for Florida, and that would be devastating. But you also have an opportunity for uh, the head coach, Bruce Cassidy, to win a Stanley Cup like one year to the date of being hired, and you're back on your home ice. So I think Vegas kind of blows them out, honestly. Well, that'll be later on tonight on TNT and True TV, 7 p.m. Central. Again, Vegas just needs one win, up three games to one, and they will uh, be Stanley Cup champions, and uh, that'll be a big celebration, I was imagine, as I would imagine, uh, in that city. And uh, I guess I forgot a note when mentioning the NBA Finals, and I'll leave it here because we do have uh, other guests coming up, but... Stan Kroenke, man. I'm sure oh. you've seen the tweets about you know him being the Nuggets owner, also being the uh, owner of the Rams, uh, who won a Super Bowl two years ago, the owner of the Avalanche, who just won the most recent Stanley Cup Finals, uh, an incredible uh, run for, for Stan Kroenke uh, with his franchises and um, just cleaning up the trophies. Uh, had a very awkward post-game interview with Lisa Salters. I'm not sure if y'all saw that or not. It was very weird where it was loud in the arena – uh, so, you know, it's understandable if you're kind of like having to lean into somebody, but he was like in Lisa Salter's ear, like he was at the bar hitting on her and he clearly didn't realize how awkward it looked, but she's sitting there holding a microphone and he's like talking in her ear right next to, uh, to the microphone. It was just kind of funny and sort of strange, uh-huh. uh, but he was uh, probably very much in the moment. Uh, celebrating another title. But, yeah, that's a pretty impressive run, uh, what he's been able to do as an owner, uh, now adding the the NBA piece to that and the first title for Denver. So there's a few things off the radar. Thank you, Craig. Good stuff. The uh, NBA now goes to the draft. Uh, Hockey Stanley Cup, one of the great probably celebrations of a championship in all of sports. It's 5.08 when we come back. Chris Level, can't wait to hear about his cell phone tragedy. He's next to look back at the year of Texas Tech and the year ahead, and this is 365 Sports. Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac, they are the people that you can count on. They're the people that I've counted on at various times when it's come to my you know vehicle having issues or needing some repairs. I've had a couple accidents over the last uh, you know, year and a half, two years. Weren't my fault, fortunately, but uh, still a pain in the backside and had to go Get it fixed up, and uh, Richard Carr was the place that I went to, and I couldn't be happier of the way they were able to take care of me, uh, able to keep me you know, notified of when my vehicle was going to be ready, how long it was going to potentially take, who was working on it, what they were doing, all those types of things made it a very easy process for what is usually a pretty stressful process. So I can vouch for their customer service. I can also vouch for their uh, repair department, and you know what, when I'm Finally, uh, in need of a new car, uh, I will be looking at Richard Carr, and you can do that right now. They've got a lot of great deals going on uh, as it's their 24th anniversary sales event, which means big savings on pre-owned cars and trucks. That includes vehicles like the GMC Sierra and the Buick Envision. They've got dozens of those Sierra trucks that are on the lot right now. You can save $3,000 on the Sierra SLT or the SLE 1500s. Qualified buyers can also get special 2.9% financing on 2023 Sierra. So just one of their offerings there. Maybe you're instead uh, more of a SUV type of person. Well, you want the luxury without the luxurious luxurious price tag, then look no further than the 2023 Buicks, whether it's the Encore, the Envision, 
or the Enclave. Right now, qualified buyers can get low financing, plus save $2,500 on Buick Enclave Premium, $3,500 on Buick Enclave Avenir. And if that's still a little bit too much for you or you're not exactly trying to dive right into a brand-new vehicle, well, they've got plenty of quality pre-owned cars and trucks all over the lot as well, and many of those you can find under $20,000. So they're affordable. You can also rest assured that they're uh, thoroughly inspected and uh, ready to finance for almost any credit rating, quality vehicles ready to drive today, whether new or pre-owned. And if you're looking to just drive your car a little longer or get it fixed up like I had to a while back, then check out their award-winning service department standing by to keep you on the road. You can check out more information by giving them a phone call or checking uh, them out in person uh, or visit the website, richardcar.com to set an appointment for quick and reliable service. In business for 24 years, they built a reputation as the people you can count on for your automotive needs run by proud Central Texans. Log on to richardcar.com today. Call now or go see them now off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Want to know why Stonewood Dental is so successful? Listen to what happy customers have to say. It's pleasant. It's different than any other dentist's office. I really feel like they care. And it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy, and, you know, I bring my kids, and my kids love being here, too. They really love the treasure box. Staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home. It's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. (laughs) I've recommended people to actually come here, and they are patients now. I really love it here. It feels like family. Learn more, stonewood-dental.com. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the sick'em sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared 
to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin. And you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-sprained testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDI see an equal housing lender. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Ben Erlinson, who will navigate you through today's financial climate. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke and Craig Smoke. We were going to have Chris Level on yesterday and and even today to discuss Texas Tech athletics, but we have to start with the tragedy of his cell phone. Chris joins us now on 365 Sports. So what did you do at lunch yesterday? (laughs) I I didn't. It it was uh, my my old phone. uh, It it went to the bottom of a... some some water and so it was unrecoverable so when you were trying to call me yesterday i was in the process of trying to get a new one backing up and it was just a, it took nine hours i think for these i mean it's just a nightmare so yeah totally helpless feeling but as you put it david as you told me you're like man it sounds like uh you, you got a little peace uh, on, on this day but it's not how i viewed it i felt totally helpless and <laughs> Was wondering, was wondering what I was missing and yeah. who's trying to get a hold of me, and it was just yeah, a bit, a bit of a nightmare. It's not but like you were in the good. yeah, wasn't in your, you're not in the mountains where you don't have cell phone no, because you're no, on vacation. Was, yeah, right here in Lubbock, Texas, man, right here in Lubbock, Texas. Hey, yeah, it was an accident, but all's well. Where would you put? We have the incoming schools of UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and also Brigham Young, and and they all have their different fan bases. UCF has one that's can be very much like Fire Ranch if you step on the wrong part of the hill. But where would you put Texas Tech's fan base, uh, the personality, the atmosphere, the loyalty among now 14 teams in the Big 12? <laughs> that, uh, you know, look, um, I think, uh, well, that is a loaded question to start off things with. Um you know, I, I think Tech's fan base is very passionate. I think they they are a bit crazy at times. Maybe, I don't know if the white road is inappropriate at times, but I think that they are, look, they, they, they care. There's a little, oh, uh, I think redneck to the fan base, but there's also a lot of uh, part of the fan base that's very, you know, loyal and, and you know, the, and, and I'm, I'm going to use the word classy, you know, but I, I think that every every fan base is different and, and people are probably rolling their eyes when I use the word class or redneck in the same sentence, but that's just kind of how most 
fan bases are. But yeah, this this thing can get rowdy. I mean, certainly, and I think that's a good thing. If you're if you're a coach at a program here, that that's the way you want it to be. I mean, I used to have conversations with Chris Beard when he was the the basketball coach, and he he would be like, you know. He's like the fan base here. He goes, it, it toes the line. He goes, it's kind of perfect. He goes, you got you got the folks that kind of that, that are like on the good side. He goes, you got your crazy ones too. And he goes, the mix is just kind of I, I like it because it's very unique from that standpoint. Chris, uh, there's obviously a lot of excitement bubbling up around Lubbock, Texas right now. It's a recruiting season at the moment, uh, so camps are going on. And, you know, we, we know a lot of that staff and the job they did here at Baylor a couple years back, but it's been impressive to see them just kind of hit the ground running and build off, um, you know, those seeds they planted when they took the job over to begin with. What have you seen in terms of the recruiting side of things uh, and how they've built up that part of the department and the success they've had so far? And, and how would you compare it to maybe some of the success successful stretches that Tex had previously. Is there a noticeable difference in what's being done right now, or is it just kind of rejuvenation of, of what can be done out in Lubbock? You know, I, I think uh, that's why Joey is here. Uh, I think had recruiting gone well here over the last decade, you know, there there isn't, you know, the transition from Tuberville to Cliff to Coach Wells and, and then to Joe, you know, you're just you're in the spin cycle a bit. And it's because the recruiting part had fallen short. I think, you know, Mike, when he was here, he had a lot of stability. And I think that was the, the genius of Mike. It's not just the X's and O's, but we all know the those staves that he had with him uh, here. And we know where they all went. And he would surround himself with brilliant people. And then they stayed here for several years at a time together. And so you build some continuity. And I think in the last decade, you just haven't really had that. And I think the recruiting has suffered because, you know, one staff comes in, well, they want their linebackers to be this size and this fast. And we want our offensive tackles to be this way. And we want a quarterback that can do this. And then the next staff comes in and they've got a different idea. And so, it just becomes a problem. But Joey's task when he got this thing, which is, again, I think that's what Kirby and everybody was so excited about, Joey, is fixing the recruiting component. And what we've gotten is, a you guys know this, an extremely energetic guy. I mean, the guy, he's a vibe, I guess the young people would say. <laughs> he, he's as energetic on a Tuesday afternoon as he is on a Saturday night uh, in a full stadium. I mean, it, 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 and it never, you know, it never changes. And I think that's infectious. And – I think that it spills over into the recruiting component too. And I, I know you guys know that, but he's got a great process with the way that they vet kids and evaluate kids and they believe in it. And it's something that Matt Rule taught him, honestly. Um, and Joey would be the first one to tell you that, you know, as they, you know, incorporate track times. Can you dunk a basketball? Uh, are you a good hurdler? I mean, all there's all kinds of things that they look at that, that checks a box for them on the way that they identify a prospect and it's an and arm length, the wrist size, and what, whatever, you know, and if you're trying to break a tie, if you check some of these boxes, they're like, we're going to roll on you. And we don't care what you're ranked. If you're a two star or a five star, whatever you, you check these boxes. We think we, you know, and that's what, that's what one of a big full championship at Baylor, you know, that's what, you know, and he, he has the same process. And so it's been very impressive and it was sorely needed. You know, this football program hasn't been very good in the last decade. You know, they had some nice seasons, but uh, overall, it's just it's just been a problem, and I think they're trying to fix it. Do you feel like the Tech 
Um, we hear about Texas and Oklahoma and NIL and what they have and, and, and the setup, but do you feel like tech is probably even further ahead than most people can realize with how they have been able to jump head first into it? They, they were, I think there were some very smart people on the onset that got on the same page very early on. And then I think Joey had some input there, too, in trying to be fair, which is very difficult in this space, and trying to be, let, let's take care of everybody equally, you know, and, and, and stuff like that, which is Pollyanna-ish in some ways. And they didn't really go buy anybody. They just basically said, here's what we're going to do for our, our, our football players. And now it's spilled over into the women's basketball team, the baseball team. They're starting to do some things for the track athletes. Uh, men's basketball is going to get a similar deal. And men's basketball, it's funny, you, you said about NIL. Football and men's basketball were very involved with NIL last year, but they were completely opposite in how it was organized. And one of them was a disaster. And I think it spilled over into the court um, or onto the court. And the product was not very good. And whether that had anything to do with it or not, I don't know. But they tried to buy a team last year in basketball, and it was it was not good. And football, they didn't care if you were the starting quarterback or you're the backup punt returner or whatever it was. This is what you get. If you want to go do a separate deal off on your own or whatever, knock yourself out. And that's that's the way they did it. And now they've kind of increased the way they're doing it where they're given more of the of the walk-on type guys uh, some of that money. And But, again, everybody gets the same. And I think that, you know, just being organized and on the same page with how to do it and, and everything like that, I think, is, is giving them a bit of a leg up. And they're, they have by no means set the bar or anything like that, uh, it, it's, but it's worked out here and it's worked well. Chris, Tyler Shuck uh, named the starting quarterback, uh, I guess that was just a few days ago. I don't think that comes as a surprise to, to really anybody, but what were your thoughts? What did you kind of glean from, you know, the quarterback competition itself? And just your thoughts on Shuck as, you know, obviously a very seasoned guy, hard year last year for him, the injury and all of that. But what are your kind of expectations and thoughts uh, surrounding that decision? Yeah, it, it wasn't a surprise. I think we all knew that he'd won the job after the spring was over. It wasn't anything that Baron Morton did. I just think Tyler, when he's healthy, he's better. Um, he's older. He's about four years older. Uh, he's got a lot more experience. And his only knock is just, you know, hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, you know, most of the quarterbacks uh, that started the season last year in the Big 12 all had – they all missed a, a, a game or a handful of games or half a season or whatever. Um, and, and I think that was just kind of – that's just the nature of the position. You better have – more than one guy at that spot. But but Tyler, you know, he's, he weighs about 235 now. I think all the NFL folks that come through here rave about him and, and basically tell him and the staff he's an NFL guy, you know, because he's, he's six foot three, six foot four, about 235, very, very intelligent. He's an, he's an alpha. And the only knock is that he hasn't been able to put a full season together. Um, and so – that's really his biggest challenge is his biggest, uh, you know, you know, what's the old saying about your biggest ability is availability. And that's really where, where the next thing is for him is can he do it for a sustained period? But there's a ton of excitement about this year's team. And I think Tyler deserves a ton of credit for that because of the four and finish last year. I mean, he was the, he was the guy under center, for that winning streak, and they're sitting there at four and five. You've started three different quarterbacks. 
he finally gets back right and healthy and starts and he beats Kansas. He goes to Iowa State, beats Iowa State, and then he beats Oklahoma, beats Ole Miss. And so I think that uh, he kind of set this team up for, you know, some success and some excitement and some anticipation. But that's why it was going to be hard for him to get beat out on the job because of the way he finished last season. Facilities, uh, the money is pouring in. We mentioned NIL, but that that's the way it is. You have to keep up. Uh, with the trends in Texas Tech, of course, is going through that massive construction at the stadium. Uh, your thoughts? What do you, you get to probably see it maybe daily? What what what's going on right now? What does it look like? Well, there I'm 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 fascinated to see how quickly. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like this year. It's going to be. It's kind of sad that you have to go through these growing pains when you're building something like that. You have to have a season where there's going to be construction going on. Bottom line and you have this big game with Oregon coming up, and they're not going to really have one end of the stadium completed. Uh, but it's a $250 million project that started out as a $200 million project. And, you know, and, and they've decided that let's do this, let's do that. And, and they've kind of tweaked it and added to it. And it's the company that's doing it did some stuff at A&M. They've done some stuff for the Dallas Cowboys. They've done some stuff, I think, for the Yankees. And, and it's, so they're really good at, working on top of each other and getting it done right and, and quickly. Uh, but it, it's a massive project that will basically in, – in, it involves one end of the stadium. Uh, it involves, you know, new turf and speakers and a new video board that's going to actually come with different video – I mean, there's going to be three new video boards total when it's all said and done and all that. But the, the, the main thing, I think, for like Joey and company is that it's a brand-new football training facility that's two stories – with a walkway that goes from that to the stadium. And I can't wait to see it, uh, you know, be finished. Parking is going to be a pain for the, for the short term. But, yeah, we're, we're about 15 months away from that being completely finished. So this year is going to be a bit tricky. Uh, but, yeah, it's a ma- – I mean, two giant cranes that are, I don't know, 10 stories tall that, that are, you know, over there working. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm like, where's the band supposed to sit? Uh, where, where, where are we doing like here in, in three months? Because it's not, it's not a lot of time between now and that, that season opener on September the 9th. Maybe they can. And I know that's a rival back in the day, the A&M was able to destroy their stadium and like build it up right during the off season. They rebuilt Kyle field, like in a matter of months. <laughs> yeah. but then that, again i, I don't yeah that, they're all they have all the engineers so that would not be a big Correct. problem for them that that absolutely chris i don't think you can discuss recruiting can you oh sure yeah i, can. You, I wasn't sure because of your broadcast contact what, oh yeah okay yeah. i want to make sure uh if you can't just say that but what are the feelings on lake belton's wide receiver micah hudson who's an elite player a lot of other schools are involved, but Texas Tech seems to be right there in the mix. Yeah, he's supposed to be here this weekend, and I think uh, I think Texas Tech feels great about it. Um, I don't know that that's any guarantee that he ends up uh, a Red Raider. I think Texas is probably, you know, maybe the biggest competition. I think depending on who you read or who you believe or who you listen to, uh, you know, one of those two schools is the favorite. I mean, he's got everybody in the country that would like to be a part of that. I think Tech's done a really good job of building those relationships with him. He's been up here multiple times already and will be here in an official visit capacity this weekend. I think there was some thought that he would take the full, 
you know, amount of time and maybe not decide ultimately or make it public anyway until mid-December or whatever, whenever early signing day is. But I think, I think there's a lot of thought now that, that, that an announcement could come much sooner than that. And that he may want to get it over with before his season starts. So we'll, we'll see kind of what that, uh, what that looks like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, um, expectation that the Red Raiders will be in that until the very end. But if he, you know, again, if he goes to Texas or somewhere else, it's not going to be a, a surprise. But I think, uh, you know, obviously the Red Raiders have made him a priority. Uh, and I think he, they, they the, the way people will talk about Micah is that he's, he's a guy that doesn't want, he's not into bells and whistles. He wants to be treated. He doesn't want to be handed anything or promised anything. He's a normal kid he's not looking for nil money or anything like that and i think he just wants to be treated like one of the fellas and i think that texas tech's been able to tap into that and so we'll you know we'll kind of see what what happens there well i got a chance to watch him last year when they scrimmaged it was a three-man a three-team scrimmage at midway and he looks the part i mean the colors they wear almost looks like all those other great wide receivers that go to ohio state you know his size and the speed and all that but he is the real deal, no question about it. We'll see how that eventually ends up. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay, don't I, – I still can't believe you didn't enjoy life without a cell phone. I think that would be <laughs> – I would probably and, you know, die. And, and that's sad that, that I didn't enjoy it, right? <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, that's you know, right. You're right. I should have embraced it. Instead, I was a mess, and that's not a good thing. So, no. yeah, maybe, maybe I need to listen to your, your words a bit louder. All right, buddy. Thank you, Chris. Chris Level with us. Uh, RedRaiderSports.com, part of men's basketball broadcast, also the football sidelines as well to cover Texas Tech athletics, football, basketball, and more. I'd toss my phone in the Brazos River right now if I didn't have, you know, FOMO about, like you said, what are you missing out on? And I could do without Twitter at this point. I mean, I think I could, I could erase every social media account I have and not really look back. I've done that before with uh, certain apps and didn't think twice about it, but got older parents, got a lot of older relatives, got you know things like that that gotta have gotta have that phone nearby because I'm scared if I don't, then that'll be the time that somebody calls right, and that's the that's the trick that the devil played on us with these cell phones is now we yep. have to have them because otherwise what are we not knowing about uh, or learning about or what could be happening, and so yeah, it's a vicious little trap we found how many people in. wake up in the morning the first thing they do is check their cell phone like probably 95 yeah. yeah and 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 hell they know that too yeah it scared the hell out of me the first time i ever saw the story about uh i think it was i don't know if it was brett zerneman but he was at college station woke up got ready to go cover a&m at kyle field and he got into his car he had no alerts he had no calendar reminders he had nothing that said that he would be going to Kyle Field, but other than the history of about the routine of time, and his cell phone told him how far away he was from Kyle Field. That happens okay. to me when I leave the condo for work or whatever. Yeah, you've it's told nuts. that story, and we've tried to try to tell you that's that's AI. That's that's what that is. That's like you you act like it's it doesn't. That's the phone's learning what you're doing. And no, that's, I know. Yeah, that's I know. why when you get in the like when I get in the car at. 615, excuse me, 602, because Paul's not here. 
Um, then you know it'll say like, "Hey, here's where yeah. your place is," and it's weird, but yeah. that's that's the world we're living in now. Did I tell the story about losing my cell phone on the show yesterday? Because if I did, then then stop me about what I was doing. Tyler Junior College men's basketball. This was back in the day. There were no SIM cards. I don't know if that started later, but it was the old days of cell phones. I ran up the ramp, which is about a 25- to 30-yard run from where I was broadcasting courtside. Had to go to the bathroom. It was a commercial timeout, and I had an interview that we recorded that allows you to go get whatever, go pee, whatever. Ran into the bathroom in the urinal, like in the toilet, to go pee, flushed it, and I went to grab my cell phone, and it went right down the toilet. The fear for me was not FOMO at the time because they were somewhat new. It was the contact numbers, all of that information that now you have a SIM card, it's backed up, iCloud, whatever, and I never, I panicked. I, I couldn't even broadcast the rest of the game very well. And you were clearly looking at your phone while you were paying well, <laughs> yeah, for that to happen because if it was I, in your pocket, it wasn't jumping out and, you know. No, I laid it on that the- silver part at the top of a, uh, oh, okay, all right. When we come back, no, I was, just, of, I was thinking of the germs. <laughs> I just, I just, ugh, ugh. the Hall of Famer himself, John McClain, next on three sixty five Sports. Man, the city of Woodway, they've got some events coming up, including their Fourth of July parade. The Woodway Public Safety Department's Fourth of July parade, obviously July fourth, from nine a.m. till eleven a.m. It is free if you want to be a part of that. They're gonna. Join the city of Woodway as they host their 4th of July parade. Line up at 845, the Crossroads Fellowship Church. It begins at 9. People encouraged to wear red, white, and blue attire. Non-motorized bikes and skateboards are actually allowed. Then, remember all the renovations they've done with so much, you know, the Carling Bright Arboretum, the pavilion, and all that that's just fantastic. The Woodway Whitehall Playground Ribbon Cutting, Friday, July 14th, 11 o'clock at Fresno Road. Whitehall Playground Ribbon Cutting will be 11 o'clock. It'll be like a six-hour event, so you can enjoy yet another renovation from the city of Woodway. If you come to Waco for the silos, Magnolia, whatever, Baylor, athletics, etc., and you need a hotel and you can't find one in Waco, although there's so many more now than ever before, the city of Woodway has hotel reservations available as they have seven hotels and maybe even one or two now that might be opened on top of that. It's discoverwoodway.com. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late night pizza run and all nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor where lights shine bright. 
Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Samantha Duvall is in charge of marketing and also distribution. Memorial Day, right around the corner, 4th of July. What are some of the best opportunities for people if they want to order online and maybe get a bundle when they have those holidays in front of them? TexasBeefHouse.com. You can order. We've got plenty of family bundles. Probably our most bestseller is our sampler pack. That gives you a variety of our jalapeno and cheese patties, our regular patties, ground beef, our garlic link summer sausage. Right now, all of our family bundles are on sale. It's the best time to buy it. We also, you can buy steaks individually. All of our steaks come to a package. We ship Monday through Wednesday. So make sure you get your orders in early. That way you can get them almost the next day. The owner, Aaron Duvall, his daughter-in-law, Samantha Duvall, head of marketing and distribution, unleashed the flavor of Texas Raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, IdealMRI.com. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way, financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. It's Jeep season at Allen Samuels in Waco, and the deals are hot. Get a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo with $5,500 in total values or a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with total values up to $6,000. This is 365 Sports. Are you a Sikkim 365 super fan? Then try out our premium subscriptions at Sikkim365.com. Hall of Famer John McClain, Houston 610 Radio, with us on 365 Sports with Paul Catalina. Out for a couple of weeks, Craig Smoke, David Smoke. John, thanks for your time. So with Davis uh, Mills, the quarterback, and they draft C.J. Stroud, how long before, in your opinion, Stroud was a starter for Texas? Oh, I don't think. uh, He's been working, splitting time with the starters uh, during off-season program. He was again today. Mills has been the starter the last year and a half. And one thing that they want a new quarterback to show, they want him to prove to the veterans on the team, the other players, he's earned that job. They don't want to just give prep it for him. If you're like uh, Bryce Young and you got a new quarterback behind you, it's not a big deal. They've gone ahead and named him as a starter. So 
Uh, Domingo Ryans wants to wait, and he may go all the way through training camp, although we're going to be there watching every play. And they have two joint practices, and then they have their three preseason games. And being a rookie, he's going to need a lot of time uh, pl- practicing and playing with the ones. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think it'll be uh, sometime during training camp, maybe late. John, uh, what is maybe the most important storyline for the Texans that is not, I guess, juicy enough for people to talk about, or maybe it's just not something that's basically on the radar? Obviously, the quarterback's front and center. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's front and center. What's something that's not front and center but's pretty important high up there for them heading into the next season? I wrote a column on the website I work for, my radio station, sportsradio610.com, about Stingley and Petrie. Derek Stingley last year, third overall pick, got hurt, hamstring injury, didn't play half the year. Petrie started every game. Petrie played well. He made some mistakes on taking bad angles and missing tackles, but he corrected it. And usually players make their biggest improvement between the first and second season. So Petrie should be even better because he's going to be playing with Jimmy Ward, a veteran who played nine years with the 49ers and followed D'Amico Ryan's here. And so Stingley was drafted third overall ahead of Sauce Sauce Gardner. Lovey Smith liked to play zone. Lovey put a guy who played man his whole career, and you don't draft guys third overall to make him play zone coverage. But he played zone 66% of the time. Now he's going to be playing man a lot, and that's why they drafted him, to do like the Jets, Sauce Gardner, and cover receivers all over the field. So the secondary is a, an area that should be better. A lot of it, of course, has to do with the pass rush. Another thing people hear talking about, the offensive line. You know, if you don't have an offensive line that can run block pass protect for a rookie quarterback, you're spinning your wheels. They've had a new line coach for four years, and that kind of instability is just pathetic for young guys that have to grow. And so that offensive line coach, who hired, they hired Chris Strasser, who was with the Colts, and the Colts had one of the top three offensive lines until last year when Jonathan Taylor got hurt and couldn't lead the league in rushing with 1,800 yards again. It's amazing when a guy rushes for 1,800 yards how great the offensive line coach is. And so uh, they've made another change, they hope now, to allow them to have some stability up front. And, and that is a crucial area, more important than the second, more important than wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, because without consistent play from an offensive line, you know, you're going to have trouble developing a young quarterback. Where, uh, in your opinion, will Dalvin Cook play next or this season, and where will DeAndre Hopkins end up? Hopkins was all about Super Bowl teams with great quarterbacks. Now he's cut. He's visited teams that have no prayer of the Super Bowl, don't have great quarterbacks, so you know it's going to be money. They'll never say that, of course. Wherever he goes, it'll be the perfect fit. Now, I would believe it with the Titans, but with the Patriots, knowing how he and Bill O'Brien felt about each other, I I was I said he was no way he would go to New England. And I'm going to look like an idiot. Won't be the first time, won't be the last. And it shows time, time and money heal a lot of wounds if he goes there. But he's familiar with uh, Mike Vrabel, played with him four years here, and Jim Kelly, the uh, the uh, uh, offensive coordinator 
uh, in Tennessee. He was here for seven years with Hop. So that would seem to be the best place to go, but it's going to be where he gets the most money. J.J. Watt is uh, going to be making his way back to Houston, inducted into the Ring of Honor on October the 1st. I don't think that you know him being honored is, is any surprise whatsoever, but just your thoughts. And, and John, I know it's, it's Mount Rushmore season and typically try to avoid that as much as possible, but does he have a place on the Houston sports Mount Rushmore? Is he on the outside looking in? Oh, boy, Craig. Um, if you were talking about the greatest in our history, you got Earl Campbell, the greatest football player in Houston history, Kim Olajuwon, mm. and Nolan Ryan. You know, and, and, and if I, you know, there's been so many great players come through here in every sport. You know, we're talking about Bagwell, Biggio, Moses Malone, Elvin Hayes, A.J. Foyt, Carl Lewis. And but considering Watt was three time NFL defensive player of the year and everything he did off the field, he would have to be right up there for that fourth spot. But the first three are called the thirty fours because they all wore thirty fours. And I think if you put number ninety nine on that Mount Rushmore, nobody would complain. Although Andre Johnson was a great wide receiver, and right now they're like tied for the greatest in history, and we interviewed Watt today for the first time since he asked for his release and got it and went to the Cardinals, and it made me realize how much I miss interviewing him because he is such a great interview. And I asked him about what he's doing, and he said in his first year of retirement, it's all about his family, but he said there's an announcement coming soon about something he's going to be doing without devoting full-time, so I'm guessing he's going to do a TV job, probably a studio being a studio analyst, and he will be tremendous. John, the Astros, uh, they've had some injuries. You know, the Rangers have DeGrom. He's out for a year and a half, maybe longer with what happened. They seem to still be, you know, kind of doing what they've been doing, winning. But last night, a meltdown loss to the Angels. What is the take right now in Houston on the Astros? The Astros have three pitchers, and they are keeping with Band-Aids with these other guys who probably shouldn't be in the big league in the, in the big leagues. And when those top three, Fromber Valdez, uh, Christian Javier, and Hunter Brown don't pitch really well, like none of them did in their last start, the team is going to suffer. And Jordan Alvarez is out. Don't know when he's going to come back out to. They missed first six weeks of the season. But you've got to have your proven players play well. And uh, they have not done that. One of the things they can't do is consistently hit. Jose Bray, who hit two home runs at Cleveland, they lost both games, has been a huge bust so far. And they've got young guys like uh, Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick, Corey Jokes, Mauricio Dubon, who played better than they thought. But the main guys have got to play well consistently. And they hope to get Jose or Keeney back. I don't think Lance McCullers is going to pitch this season. Luis Garcia has lost to Tommy John. Surgery may not seem to 25, so their pitching staff has been decimated. As of last week, when I looked, the Rangers have scored at least 10 runs 16 times, mm -hmm. and the Astros have done it three times because they're not hitting, and the Rangers are. John, thank you as always. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mark uh, uh, Berman, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. We asked John about Mark Berman from Fox in Houston. He has on his timeline. Well, that was last week. 
Huh? That was last week we asked him about that. It, I, he has Mark Berman on his timeline. One former Houston sports star, owner, coach, whatever, after another saying goodbye to him. And, I mean, you talk about the legacy he set from Clyde Drexler to, you know, again, anyone else you could imagine, uh, a part of the Astros or the Texans or even the Oilers or whatever. It's pretty cool. I wanted to bring that up. Asked, uh, yeah, John, last week about Mark Berman. I thought you were referring to this interview. I was like, no, we didn't ask him about this time. No, no that no, was, we, that was we a week did not. ago. Uh, uh, as far as the Astros go, I mean, uh, they better hurry up and, and figure it out. There's only 97 games remaining in the rest yeah, of the season. I thought that they had started – they had gotten within a game or two or whatever, and it was like wearing – and then they've had a lot of injuries. They've really struggled. The Rangers, of course, have had some, but, boy, Houston's really – had to deal with quite a bit. The Rangers last night I thought was a absolute disgusting. Like reminded me of the last five to seven years. It was just bad baseball and lost a game in extra innings to the Angels. And Shohei hit two home runs. Yeah, really bad. Wasn't the worst way to lose a baseball game last night though. No. That was uh, another team in the state that no. accomplished that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a bad loss, and uh, they are kind of in a. I don't know if you call it a funk or anything, but they're just. You know, kind of there, and uh, Houston's going to be on their heels, you know, come hell or high water. There's a long time left to go on the season. We're not even at the halfway mark yet. As I said, 97 games remaining for the Astros, so they have gotten to, what, like a third of the way through now at this point? Yeah. And uh, so long as their health is, is there, then they'll they'll be right in the mix, and, you know, God will, and the Rangers will be too. They've been a fun story. They've overcome the DeGrom thing so far. Uh, but that was another note I had for off the radar. DeGrom had his surgery and that was just a bummer to see that, you know, officially. I mean, we, we knew already when they announced he was going to have the surgery last week, but just a bummer knowing that there's going to be a long wait after they they uh, did what they did, operating on him to, to see if he can come back and even be anything close to, to what he was, no matter how good the uh, surgeries and, and medical, you know, parts of things for athletes are these days. That's still, you know, a guy that's getting up there in age, has had some previous injuries, and, you know, a pitcher, you just never know, man. So, yeah, I wish I, – man, if they had him as a part of this this campaign right now, who man, that would be something else. But, unfortunately, not the way that it worked out for him. So, yeah. Yeah, it sucks because they – with him, as good as they are, just imagine he he was the edge and they're trying to piece together the rotation, although they have – Haney's pitched well, obviously. They got a good stab. Uh, you don't have to shake well, crumb But with it. him in it, they were – at a very high level. All right, thanks again to our guest. A little Big 12 flavor today with Houston, with Joseph Duarte, Mark Daniels, who covers UCF, Mac Rhodes, Baylor Director of Athletics, and Chris Level on Texas Tech. We appreciate all of their time. Tomorrow, uh, I just went blank on one of our guests for tomorrow, but uh, he's one of the college football analysts we'll have uh, tomorrow, and maybe even a couple that uh, write and cover college football athletics. All right, so... Uh, Texas Beef House. It is Father's Day weekend coming up. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas Raised Wagyu from their pasture to your plate. You can go to TexasBeefHouse.com for more information on that. And Samantha, who's the marketing director, Aaron Duvall's, Samantha Duvall, his uh, daughter, their biggest selling bundles, the Wagyu Sampler Bundle, variety of all of their hamburger products, hamburger patties, jalapeno and cheese patties, ground beef, summer sausage, and even garlic links. Also, the Great Divide, which is 20 pounds of product, 
a mixture of hamburger patties and ground beef, and the jalapeno cheese divide, 20 pounds of product, mixture of jalapeno and cheese patties and ground beef. And then, of course, there are the steaks. Premium grade Texas beef out of East Texas, just outside of Tyler. No hormones, no antibiotics, no steroids. Their customers are all happy. Kim Coulter, of course, loves the, loves the product and sent gift boxes to a lot of his friends, clients, etc. Wagyu beef ribs, tri-tip, roast, Wagyu hamburger patties, as I mentioned, or beef, Wagyu brisket, and, of course, amazing steaks. It's TexasBeefHouse.com. All right, we're back at it again tomorrow. Garrett Ross, Graham Bronstein, Jack McKenzie, and also Emery Winter. Craig, thank you very much. Enjoy the Stanley Cup tonight. We'll discuss college football and more. I'm David Smoke. Thanks to our amazing sponsors and those of you who watch or listen. Good night, 365 Sports. MRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas.